Welcome to Fast Break, uh, the NBL One West unofficial show. Uh, <laughs> I always like to mention that. Uh, but um, no Blake Sadarov, the head coach of the East Perth Eagles. He's been a bit busy, um, maybe a little bit upset. We're a bit, we're a bit down this weekend uh, after the loss, but um, we're going to come back strong on Friday night against the Warwick Senators. But before we talk about that, I'll introduce my two guests, and one of them is standing in as my uh, special guest or special host, uh, co-host, uh, Matt Parsons, head coach of the Parallax Hawks. How are you, Matt? Hello, Jakey. Thanks <laughs> for having me back on your program, mate. It's uh, It's been a while, but excited yeah, to be uh, here. Big shoes to fill, obviously, Blake's... Uh, yeah. Bit upset from the weekend's results, but yeah. he will. Uh, he's got to get over that pretty quickly, I'm sure, and yeah, and uh, bounce back this weekend. Yeah. But I'm happy to uh, fill in his spot. Yeah, he's got me working, got me looking at some film. So that's what I was doing just before the show. And um, yeah, as it's good assistance do. Yeah, probably not enough minutes or hours you put in though. I reckon. Oh, no, it's all good. No stress. I like doing it. I enjoy doing <laughs> it for Blakey. Uh, very rewarding. But uh, our guest for today is also from the Parallax Hawks, Ben Purser. How are you, Ben? Good, thanks for having me. No stress. Um, it was awkward because I had to come up to you during the uh, yeah. <laughs> the awards night and I was looking around and I, I had you in mind and uh, just didn't have the courage to come and talk to you because I didn't really know you. Parso wasn't there. I would have said, Parso, I need Ben on. I thought you were uh, going to ask me to have a dance or something. Was, yeah, uh, I know. The side of the I dance was floor. Trying, to, uh, trying to wonder how to talk um, you know, because not a lot of people know fully about the Fast Break show that I do and uh, you know, it is a bit awkward. But no, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it because, um, you know, you guys are mo- most mostly close to the city and we're north the river. So, um, yeah, no really problem. appreciate uh, your time. And uh, you guys have been doing really well. And like I mentioned, my my team, my pick to win the grand final. So You've had a few picks, Jake. Yeah. But you've settled on the Hawks. I've heard, I've settled, I've heard this. I settled middle of the season, yeah. Word, word um, did come through that you settled. So yeah. we are happy to hear that. That's why we're here. Yeah. Right? Let's be honest. <laughs> East Perth women are, are my pick now. Yeah, that's, oh, that our girls that's, are no <laughs> See, that's what I said. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you to both of you. You guys are too kind. But um, no, I, I did say one of my favourites were the Perth Redbacks. I think the Perth Redbacks are the most exciting oh, team. So you've changed again? No. Okay. The, they're, most, they're the most exciting team. Well played. Um, you know. Not exciting. Seven footer that shoots threes. Yes, not exciting enough yes. for you. No, I, I understand. You know, six I, foot, I, six foot eight guy that runs around like a guard. Not yeah. exciting enough for you. No, I will. Come on, mate. We'll take you outside. <laughs> I apologize. Saw what happened to Blake. Oh, last yeah, time, I saw what happened to Blake. Uh, but uh, guys, we're going to go to some of the uh, women's games from the elimination final that happened on the weekend. And the first one was Friday night. It was the Rocky and Flames uh, going down to the Coburn Cougars, eighty-one to seventy-five. And, uh, you know, Paso, you know, I know you're in the men's division, and but you, you kind of watch a little bit of the women's. And would you say this was a bit of a, you know, a shock for the league? As, you know, Rocco were actually the last, you know, champions of the SBL. And, uh, you know, they get wiped out uh, by the Coburn Cougars, who are on a 9-9 record and finish seventh. Well, I think the thing about Rocco is they come with that expectation of winning. And, yep. and very much like the, the Parallax men's program, they've been in and around for a number of years and, yep. and they probably had you know bigger fish than, than being knocked out in the first round. But, yep. I mean, look, you know, without having watched the game, looking yeah, at the statistics, yep, yep. It's, a, it's a pretty clear outcome. I think, you know, they obviously took some really bad shots. And yep. if you look at the – even if you just look at the percentage of the shot chart, 
Yeah, you know they've they've just taken long deep shots. No doubt they're contested, and and Coburn did a good job. They obviously weathered that and and mm. you know eliminated the second chance opportunities because they're you know we do know it's a big team down there at Rockingham, but yeah, you know Coburn obviously had that approach. And you know even if you look at at the statistics for Coburn, I think they shot like thirteen threes for the game, which isn't a lot. And when I mean, they connected on on fifty percent of them or just under, and you know mm. which means to me that they're able to get to the spots, get to the front of the rim, and put pressure on on Rockingham and and maintain yep. scoreboard pressure and. You know, if you're going down the other end and trying to shoot contested threes, well, percentage tells you that uh, yeah. the closer the shot, you know, the higher percentage it is to go in. Yeah. So that's that looks to be the outcome. And, and as the game went on, you know, I think I think uh, Coburn got the tail up and just were able to grind away a little bit longer. Yeah, and some of the scorers for the Rocky and Flames, uh, you know, Carly Bogue. Uh, no, sorry, Christina Bogue. I always get them mixed up. Christina Bogue, 15 points, uh, 50, uh, five rebounds. And then Alex Chibatoni, who's been great for them, uh, 21 points, five rebounds. And, you know, their main player, their, their, you know, one of their star players, Taya Burrows, the Perth Lynx, uh, she had four points, four rebounds, four assists, but uh, only one of 10 shooting, 10%. And, uh, you know, you know, I know this is different in the men's division, but, you know, kind of, you know, Taya Burrows is, is a Perth Lynx, you know, one of, one of the best in, 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 the, in the NBL 1 West women's. And, you know, just a bit of a poor night shooting and you know you get that sometimes pass so especially in the men's as well yeah you do and that's just it's just part of the beast you know finals time comes and adds a whole level of, of pressure that you probably didn't yeah. expect to be there before and as a young player she's not yet really lived that yep, yep. you know too many times we've been exposed to those big games so yep. look she'll be better for it no doubt but uh look head of the snake too of that rockingham team and yeah. and tyrone would have put a scheme in place to try and limit her impact and, yep. and even that of chipatoni i think yeah, you know, yeah, she yeah. could really get the ball up and, yep. and put put points up very quickly so the schemes worked, but you know Jesse Edwards, the the big from from mm. Coburn, had a monster game, and and she obviously just uh, really dictated terms inside the key. And you know once it's once you got your tail up, and yeah. and, a, and a big like that is getting the look she wants. It's it's yeah. very hard to recover from. Yeah, and just going quickly back to Taylor Burrow, she has uh, had a, a mid season injury and, and did have a, a big injury to her shoulder. So uh, she did come back. I think it was round seventeen. Uh, on a Thursday night against the Warwick Senators. I was at that game uh, as we had the Flames the next night. So um, Blakey made me uh, you know, go to the game and have a watch. So Well, I've seen you scouting in person yeah. a few times this year. <laughs> I, it's an old forgotten art form that... Uh, yes, due to... Due to this, all the the access of the games online yep. and live, and yep. and even through huddle now, I think, yep. Yeah, yep. I think the uh, art of going to games and watching you kind of died. But yep. look, I think Perry Lakes boys were heading down, or certainly the coaching staff are heading down on Friday to check out... Uh, Check out the game, so it'll be a first time for a while. It won't be a uh, the most yeah you know receptive of welcomes, but you know we'll be there watching nonetheless. Yeah, and going back to the Coburn Cougars, yeah, Jesse Edwards, thirty one points, eleven rebounds, sixty six percent shooting for her, uh, and also uh, Taylor Simmons, bit bit more quiet in this game to her, her usual. She averages sixteen for the season, but eight points, twelve rebounds, six assists for her and uh, later on in the show we do have Tyron Thwaites uh, CEO and head coach of uh, the Coburn Cougars coming on the show so uh, it'll be good to have a chat with him and, and his his Coburn Cougars having a great start to their finals uh, campaign and then also another game that was on Friday night and um, not a shock but maybe a shock with the score was the June Lut Wolves beating the Perth Redbacks at HBF Arena 90-48 to and uh, Blakey and I were at the game and I really want to have a look at this one. It's, uh, you know, only down the road for me, so I thought I'd go have a look. But, uh, yeah, the Wolves were just in command from the get-go. And, uh, you know, you know the Perth Redbacks really were in it, though, 26-21 to 21 in the first quarter. Um, it was a 24-12 to 12, uh, second quarter for the June Lut Wolves. And then the third quarter, they really just 
you know, put Perth Redbacks down. Uh, the Wolfpack outscored them 22-7. to seven, And then the fourth quarter was 18-8 to eight as well. So uh, only a 15-point second half, Paso. Yeah, you'd be pretty disappointed, Craig Allen, no doubt. He's had his team in a pretty good position as they entered into these into this playoffs. But look, they obviously failed to, to show up that night. And you talk about him, you know, having a, a red hot crack early in the game. And I think you know that natural yep. energy and motivation from the players is there. But when things aren't going your way, it's who can step up. And you can clearly see by the box score that there was key contributors and, and an even spread of contributors on that on that. Wolves team and yeah, they're, they're yeah. always going to get that they've got some experienced heads and you know, some of the younger kids are, are starting to step up to the level that, that are, that's required to, to really push deep into these final series and we saw them successfully win West yeah. Coast Classic last year so you know they're going to be there and thereabouts but the alarming thing for mine is the Perth Redbacks going there 48 points yep. isn't going to win you any games and if 50%, 52% of your points are going to come from one player um, and there's not going to be another player in, in double figures. It says one of two things. Either that one player is just taking too many shots or too many shots outside of the system or there's just not enough help for her. And I mean, you know, I, would look, I look at that team on paper, the, the Perth Redbacks team, and they've generally got you know, a lot better contributors than that. But, mm. you know, Maddie Allen's been, been an all-star player in our competition for a very long time and mm. she's had a relatively quiet game. But, yeah, there's a, there's a few other girls on that team who have been Good contributors for a number of years who yep. have had down games, but yeah, I I, uh, I think they'll they'll look to bounce back this weekend. I yep. don't know how that plays out, but <laughs> yeah. but certainly uh, they'll get a they'll get a response from from that disappointing loss. Yeah, so Mac Dyer in that one, she had 19 points at the half and then only six in the second half, so 25 and seven for her, uh, eight from 23 shooting, uh, so 34 percent for her, uh, and then Maddie Allen. Not the usual Maddie Allen we like to see. Four point seven rebounds, two assists, only sixteen percent shooting, and yeah, not much, not not many contributors outside of Mac Dyer, and yeah, you know the coaching staff of, uh, you know the Perth Redbacks only in those close minutes using seven of their players, uh, you know, so, um, you know only Shanae Hartree coming off the bench and also Sarah Allen as well, so. Yeah, not not as deep as usual as they did have uh, some players out for them, but uh, for June Lup. Uh, Nashea Parker-Williams, 17 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, Kayla Steindl as well with 17 points, 8 rebounds. Jazz Martin off the bench was uh, was really good. She played 11 minutes and just came out, hit some threes and just played some great defense as she does. Uh, 10 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. And I'd say I think the best signing this season for the women's division, uh, maybe mid-season or even a late signing uh, in the off-season, is uh, you know Rebecca Benson, who was great in this game. 19 minutes for her. 13 points, 5 rebounds, and she was shooting at 50%, 4 from 8. And yet she's been, I don't know if you know much about Rebecca Benson, um, you know, former played for the Wolves uh, as well, uh, and then also played for the, the Hawks as well, played for the Redbacks. Uh, she's been around. <laughs> but um, yeah, she did make a, a late season return to the Wolfpack. And um, yeah, have you have you checked out any of Rebecca Benson in the past few years or this yeah. season? We've, we've seen a little bit of her, you know, in her time at Perry Lakes. I think yeah. she was there 2019. Yep. And she had a, a massive influence. She She's a natural scorer, you know, but yep. she's also got a good read on the pace and play of the game. And yep. I think with that Hawks team, she was able to, to dictate terms and get the ball to the bigs and, and yep. also be that overlap if that shot needs to be taken. And not scared at the moment, she'll certainly get the shots up. And, yeah, it was an interesting signing, you know, certainly from the outside looking in as the Wolves, you know, they lost a couple of games. Yep. So they yep. went and recruited a couple of guys to... Yep. A couple of ladies to fill those roles, and yeah, yeah, both of them having a massive impact. And you know, twenty nine points was all thirteen for Benson. 13, this year. Yeah, so yeah. twenty three points off the bench from them. I mean, that that you know, fixes the from box that two. they wanted, and yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the difference in the game. So obviously, that uh, 
that recruit recruiting methods paid off for yeah. Dixie. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, from that, the Rocky and Flames, they, they're sadly out of the finals and with the Coburn Cougars moving along. Um, and also the Junlop Wolves uh, will move along to the semi-final to, or no, the uh, prelim, prelim final uh, to wait for the winner of uh, East Perth and uh, Warwick. And then also the Coburn Cougars, uh, they'll be heading to, to face the Perth Redbacks. Whoever wins that will face the Woodland Tigers. But uh, boys, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and uh, talk about uh, some of the games that happened on the Saturday night as well. We'll be back. Wangara Pharmacy is your local place open every day from 7am to 11 at night. Support the locals that support you. Station sponsor, Wangara Pharmacy. 9200-4400. 9200-4400. Welcome back to Fast Break. And uh, still got the boys from the Prairie Lakes Hawks, head coach Matt Parsons, and Ben Purser as well. And Ben, I apologise, I haven't asked you many questions yet, but... Uh, uh, we'll get through the women's and then we're gonna we're gonna have a chat with you. No, good. I think Matt's got this. Uh, one that's really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you just relax and we'll, we'll you know let your voice box kind of get ready because uh, we've got a lot to chat about. But uh, Paso, we're gonna go to some of the games on Saturday night, which was the Warwick Senators uh, with a big win against the Mandra Magic, ninety-seven to sixty-four, and uh, that was at Warwick Stadium. And Mandra coming in with with you know some big wins. Uh, for them, they beat the Wolves, uh, you know, late in the season. They beat a few other teams like Lakeside to secure um, a, a, a playoff uh, eighth position. So uh, for for the Mandra Magic, it was uh, uh, Carly Bogue, twenty one points, thirteen rebounds. Casey Milo was was huge in her final game for the season, twenty five points, five rebounds. And uh, this Warwick team have just had so much fight in them, and uh, you know, just credit to Vlad Alava who uh, you know was appointed as a late head coach for them in the off season. Um, you know he's you know quickly put some girls together and, and and tried to you know get as much talent as he can and um, yeah great job to him and um, would have loved to see him get a bit further but you know um, did you have you checked out any of the war uh, sorry the the Magic Magic this season no look I haven't seen much of them you know we've seen them over the years be really successful particularly yeah. under old Randy Meagle yeah, Randy back Meagle in the day he he managed to get him to a couple of grand finals yeah, yeah. and. Uh, wasn't able to get him over the line. Yeah. So obviously they're going a fresh approach. Look, Vlad, Vlad's been around for a long time. He knows the yeah, game yeah. quite well. So like, I think, you know, he came into that role pretty late. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard to, to recruit and really build structure. So that would have taken a bit of time to mm-hmm. just to get his schemes and systems in place. But, you know, when you've got an inspirational captain like Milo, she's going to uh, she's going to lead from the front and make sure that yeah. there's uh, there's a bit of purpose behind what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, they still look good on paper. And, you know, they strung some wins in in the back end of that season. They got look very dangerous there. So... Yeah. Um, you know, they probably, you know, splattered towards the playoffs, missing, you know, losing a couple of games right at the end there. But mm. look, I think making playoffs is a win if, considering the, yeah. disrupt, you know, the, the tough season they had or certainly the late start. But you know, they're, they're always, you know, as long as Milo's in that squad and, and she plays for, you know, her thousandth game next year if that's what they get to. But uh, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be a, a force once Vlad's uh, really put yeah. a stamp on things. Yeah. And then uh, move over to the Warwick Senators. Uh, they had five players in double digits. And uh, it was Taylor Hepburn who top scored 22.6 rebounds for her. Uh, Mackenzie Clinch Hoycard, 15 points, four rebounds. Chloe Forster, 12 points, four rebounds. Also, Katie Jones, who's been on the show a couple of times, good friend of the show, 16 points, three rebounds, seven assists. And uh, it was kind of different, very, you know, a different move uh, from the coaching staff of the Warwick Senators. Um, Stacey Barr, who's a former MVP, she played 30 minutes, but, uh, you know, started on the bench, Paso, and uh, 15 to 13, sorry, 15 points, 13 rebounds for her. And uh, I know, you know, 
not coaching in the women's division, but um, you know, do you see that much? Did you kind of understand what was happening for Warwick and why they might have put their best player on the bench and and brought her on maybe four or five minutes into the game? Oh, well, one thing you know about Stacey Barr, she's going to get numbers, right? Yes, so yeah, she's yeah, going yeah. to put the ball through the hoop, no matter what role she plays in, and she plays us, you know, in that sense, her coming off and mm. and just being a guaranteed twenty points without anything, you know, that's that's a real luxury to have and. And one of the things as coaches, as you know, Jake, it's, you know, bench points and bench production is really important. Yeah, it's certainly yeah. something that you, you try and measure the yep, opposition yep. against. And mm. I think it's a stat that you look at the end of the game, go, oh, did we win off the bench? Is, is that a key indicator for what we're looking for? And, you know, and that's, you know, it's going to help that. You're going to get those points. But, I mean, she's obviously, you know, been around the league. She's been an MVP. She's been scoring title in this league. And she's accepted that role. And, mm. you know, if she certainly didn't. Her numbers are lying because she had 15 points, certain rebounds and eight assists. So yeah. she almost got that triple-double. And, you know, it's a big impact player. But, uh, look, that's an impressive Warwick team. I think they're, yeah. they're led yeah. by, you know, there's a couple of really young key contributors in that team. Yeah. I think Jones isn't isn't that old. No. You know, Hepburn's not that old. No. You know, Forster's only still young. And, mm-hmm. I mean, Hepburn's last month, the basketball's been as good as anyone's in the competition. Yes. So she's making a, bi- a big difference. And, mm. and she's creating a, a post presence and it's allowing those other shooters like Jones and, and Forster to get going from behind the arc. So, yeah. look, they've got a nice balance. And, and you know, I think uh, I think the, the coach, what's her last name, Morley? Yeah, yeah. Morley, Morley, I, think, yep, yep, I yep. think Coach Morley should uh, continue that tact and it might pay off in, in the long run. Mm, yeah. Uh, we'll move on to another Saturday game, and uh, this is one uh, we're not very fond to talk about. But you've actually, uh, you know, you've <laughs> been come prepared for this one. I've got uh, some questions for you. Yeah, it was the uh, Willerton Tigers uh, with a big comeback win, seventy-seven to seventy-three against the East Perth Eagles. East Perth are up at the half, eighteen points. They outscored uh, the Willerton Tigers twenty-eight to fourteen, and uh, the girls were were clicking on all cylinders. They were firing. They like a yeah. I th- I don't know who said this on the show before, but a well-oiled machine. Someone. Mentioned a few times. I forgot who the guest was, but uh, no, they the girls are really doing well, and uh, we we really thought maybe this could be, you know, a great start to our finals campaign, and maybe uh, we could be going straight to the uh, the qualifying final. So uh, ready for the grand final, maybe. But uh, no, we will be playing uh, Friday night, and then hopefully Saturday. But Paso, you said you had some questions for me. I think. Well, I'd, <laughs> some hard hitting questions. I had a couple of questions, and yeah. uh, obviously, you know. It's not the second half you guys would have wanted, no, but yeah. but going into the playoffs, you guys were on a bit of a losing streak since uh, since the loss of Fajo. I think would yeah, she good, do a yeah. wrist or a hand or yeah, suddenly broke wrist. something? Yeah, yep, yep. so she's her impacts obviously lost, particularly her speed around the court and, mm, and yep. that ability to create for others. But yep. uh, look, it's it's always tough. But again, you come into that underdog status, right? And you get to throw the kitchen sink at the opposition, particularly on their home deck. Yep. And I mean, Willerton are a pretty good basketball team, and you know mm. they're they're finished on top for a reason. They, they mm. deserve that position. Certainly deserve the home court advantage. But mm. nineteen point or eighteen points at half time. East Perth, obviously, there's a recipe there, and yep. you know you'd probably like to see a few more contributors than you did because I know Goulding and certainly Mater had some really solid contributions in the first half and mm. quiet down in the second a little bit. But um, you know, it's a it's a credit to, to Simon Parker and his yeah. coaching staff for, for really pulling the, the strings at half time and yeah. whatever they said worked and <laughs> you know, whatever you guys said to start work. So look at it, it's a great learning curve for, for East Perth. No doubt it's it's gonna sting a little and sometimes yeah. the ones that hurt the most are the ones you learn from the most. And yeah. you know, I think Blake will, will do his research and his study. Obviously he's not here tonight, he's very angrily sitting at home <laughs> probably watching his seventeenth hour of huddle today. But um yeah. Look, I think that's what it takes sometimes, yep, and, and yep. losing often in a circumstance like that can can often 
you know, lead to your next win. So, yeah. look, back yourselves and, and back that that first half was as explosive as anyone. And, yeah. and on your night, your first half is as good as the, the best team in the league's first half. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know what uh, what changed <laughs> at halftime in, in the Willerton rooms. But yeah. uh, was there any certain messages or change of messages or you just pretty much say, let's keep going again, guys, and no, was, do what you did in the first half? Yeah, it was really keep pushing. And one thing we were working on was offensive boards. They were beating us in, in offensive boards and – also, we had a few turnovers early as well. So we were trying to, you know, keep that quiet. And, uh, yeah, we just keep trying to attack them and, you know, really attack their bigs. And, uh, you know, because we have a bit of a smaller lineup. So Aaron uh, Fisher can can go off the dribble and also Opal Mata. So um, we really wanted to try to keep that going. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, Williton, they, they were in a bit of a zone, but they were really attacking in the second half in the zone yep. um, and really forced us to shoot threes. And we were hot. Uh, you know, f- uh, you know, unlucky for them, we were hitting in the first half. In the second half, we weren't hitting. And uh, I think the girls maybe got a bit too excited, thought they were hot, and there were a few shots um, that were taken early in shot clocks that we could have actually ran a set and got a better look. So, um, yeah, th- you know, that happens. And, you know, lo- you know, we have a young group. You know, a lot of this team haven't been into finals. And, uh, you know, missing Fijo as well is, is huge for us. She has so much pace um, and she's a great playmaker. Um, and she's another. She's our second scorer. You know, we, we've lost our second scorer, and uh, uh, Opal Marta's had to, you know, step up. And she did this game: nineteen points for her, six rebounds, uh, and then all, uh, Mary doing Mary Goulding things: uh, twenty-four points, seventeen rebounds, four assists. And um, Paso, you mentioned like the bench points and the bench production. It's something I really look at, and I think something we need more from our bench. Um, you know. Bree Fisher, who's an, an amazing player, uh, two points in the game, but uh, um, you know only 13 minutes, um, struggles to maybe get a flow in her game at times, um, and that's fine. But she's been doing great. But she's great defensively. We love what she does. Cameron Flynn came out really well in this game with four points, um, and then Jade Gallen, who's just come back from an injury, it's like it's her first game back, uh, five points, six rebounds for her. So, yeah, I would lo- love to see a, a bit more from uh, the bench there, but. Yeah, you know, we're going to take that loss and we're going to, uh, you know, improve next game. And, and our next game is against uh, a tough uh, Warwick Senators team uh, n- uh, this Friday. So, uh, but quickly for the Wilton Tigers, some of their scorers, Desiree Kelly, who came out in that second half, you know, shooting the lights out, 19 points, 10 rebounds for her. Sam Lubke, 18.7 rebounds. Uh, and also Alex Sharp, 16 points, 17 rebounds, eight assists. So nearly a triple-double there. And Haley Winter, 14.7 rebounds. Um, so, yeah, it was a tough game. But like you said, we can t- definitely learn from that. And uh, How did you find that matchup, Goulding versus Sharp? I mean, that's that's uh, probably yeah. the two most explosive players in the competition. It would have been uh, would have been a reason why a lot of bums had gone into that stadium mm-hmm. to, to even go there and watch that game. But uh, both of those guys have had, or ladies, have had amazing seasons. It's What was that like to watch? Oh, it's great, especially when you have, uh, you know, the MVP and also the runner, runner-up MVP meeting the first, you know, round. Uh, which is huge. Um, and, and, you know, Mary really doesn't look at the stats. Mary doesn't look at, um, you know, the the the, the, the trait, the, you know, what she's doing. She's looking at what the team can do and what she can do for the team. And, and also I know the same for Alex Sharp. They, they just want to make their team teams better. And that's why I think these two are the best players in the league because they're not all about their stats. They're not all about their own, you know, what they've done this year, that they're actually more concerned about what their team's doing. So, uh, but it was great to see, really exciting. Even though, um, you know, they weren't actually on each other minute much of the game, but, you know, it was exciting to see when there was maybe a switch and they were on each other. Um, you know, Alex is such a long uh, guard and a long 
kind of forward, a bit of a small forward player. Uh, and Mary's just such a quick little guard that can get to the hoop, make an AM one. Um, and also just shoot the ball. So it was a really, it was really good to watch. And I wish I could actually watch that game as a, <laughs> as, as like you know, a, you know, someone watching the game, not a coach. Because as a coach, I think you miss some things as well. And, yeah, and I've actually gone back and watched the tape of the game, and you know, I miss this, miss this. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna go to the drawing board this week and uh, work on some things. But no, it was a really great game, and uh, we, I know there's gonna be some great games this week, Paso. Um, First game, uh, both of them will be on Friday as uh, whoever wins both these games will move on to a game on Saturday. Same in the men's division. Um, and you guys are waiting. I think you guys are waiting on Friday. But we are we'll, waiting, yep. yeah. We'll, we'll get to we'll that. Watching. The first game is the Perth Redbacks and the Coburn Cougars. Um, like I said, we talked to uh, Tyrone Thraits, uh, CEO and head coach of the Coburn Cougars. And boys, um, you know, I know, Ben, you don't know much about <laughs> the women's division, but uh, we'll just get a quick tip here and who you think's going to win. Uh, this is going to be really tough. Uh, Perth are coming off of a, a huge loss, and Red, uh, sorry, the Coburn Cougars are coming off of a big win, uh, and that's going to definitely contribute uh, to whoever wins this game. Uh, this is at Belmont Oasis and Leisure Centre, um, and you know what? I'm gonna, I, I really like the Perth Redbacks, but I'm going to back the Coburn Cougars after a huge win, and uh, if they win this, they meet the Willison Tigers. So I'm going to go with the Coburn Cougars. Ben, Bench, who are you going with? Yeah, winning form is good form, so I'll <laughs> yeah. go Coburn as well. Yeah. So he knows a lot about this. He's <laughs> done his research. But uh, look, for mine, I think, uh, you know, I think Redbacks have done done the job all season to get yeah. into that top four. So And that's not easy to do. And no, no. you certainly got to put a lot of time in to position yourself correctly come playoffs. And, and we know the underdog status with Coburn. They've obviously gone to down to Mike Barnett and got a good win on the weekend. But, yeah. you know, they'll, be, they'll back themselves in. And, you know, if they get the recipe right, you know, they might get the win. But... Uh, Look, I think I think I'm going to back the the body of work that the Redbacks have done yeah. to to put themselves into the position to host that game at home, and, yeah. and I'm going to back the home team. Mm. Well, one huge key for Coburn is stopping Mac Dyer. If they can stop her um, and stop the usage and, and stop uh, you know her from getting off shots early and getting the, the Redbacks team hot, um, is it was what they need to do. And also, um, you know, Jesse Edwards, um, she's going to have a, a good game. I think against Maddie Allen and, and a few of the bigs. So. Um, yeah, I, I think Coburn could easily get it. Well, not easily. I think it's going to be tough no no matter what. Um, yeah, it'll just be who's who's on at that night, really. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be who is turned up to play, who wants it more. Who's ready. And who's ready, yeah, exactly. So Who, uh, who you spoke before about... Redbacks having a couple of players out. Who are the who are those players, and are they likely to come back for this for yeah, this I'm round? I'm not sure. They had Danielle Ashworth out. Um, she's a former June Light Wolf. Uh, played in a few other clubs as well, but she's been with the Perth Redbacks, and she's just a kind of like a forward, a, a kind of a smaller forward that is just so long and, and quick, and she can guard any big in the league as well. She, even though she's a bit smaller, um, bit of a skinny stature, but she's she's actually very physical um, and, and been around the league for so long. So she's a, she's a good veteran to have. So they did miss her off the bench last week. So, um, yeah, it, it, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if uh, Craig Allen will have her in the lineup. I'm not sure what the injury is there, but uh, no, she's definitely a big loss for them, though, Paso. She is, she is a veteran leadership. You just can't replace. Yep. And you know, I think uh, I think every every deep team that, that wants to have a run into the playoffs, you know, a deep run into the playoffs, are, are probably you know priding themselves on yeah. on how deep that team is, and you know, everyone. Everyone's got to pull their weight, do their thing. So if she's available, I'd, I'd suggest that Craig would play her and, yeah. and give her some sort of role that, that has a, a key attribute, yeah. whether they win or lose the game. Yeah. And then the next game also on Friday night, uh, and the Junelot Wolves will be waiting for the winner of this team. 
uh, sorry, this game. Uh, it's uh, at Herb, Re- Herb Graham Rec Centre. Uh, the East Perth Eagles host the Warwick Senators. And, uh, you know, Warwick are a tough team. And uh, they did beat us uh, the last game we versed them, I think it was by six points. And we did beat them in the season by ten as well. So uh, anyone's game here, Paso, and, and the East Perth Eagles, yeah, hosting the Warwick Senators. Um, you know me, I have to go to the East Perth Eagles. Got to have belief in my girls, and I always do. I'm proud of them no matter what they do. If we win, lose, I'm always proud of them. So um, no one thought we'd get to this position, Paso. So um, right. I'm happy with whatever happens, really. Mate, it's been a it's been a brilliant season. Yeah. Blake, that Blake Blake and yourself have put together, and, and the girls have certainly been playing with a lot of passion. Yeah. And, and you can clearly see that in the results. And there's this new you know enthusiasm down at Herb Graham at East Perth. And <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's really good to see, and, and that club deserves to have some success, and yeah. you know they're, they're getting it, and you know they they would like to see a couple more wins in the playoff, just really cement the fact that they've arrived, yeah. I think. And look, we talked about it earlier. We're 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 all East Perth fans now we're in the women's group, particularly <laughs> since uh, the Perry Lakes aren't in these playoffs. Playoffs, yeah, but yeah. Uh, look, I'm intrigued to see how you guys bounce back. I yeah. mean, look at the end of the day, what you're four points short of of beating the best team in the league on their deck, and you know you probably had you know, three quarters of that game under your terms and under your yeah. under under your pace and I think if uh, if it was only one bad quarter you can kind of erect that it's now on your home deck yeah. and, and you guys can turn the tide so I'm a big tick for East Perth yeah. on this one well thank you Paso and uh, Ben <laughs> I'll uh, directly contradict what I just said about winning form and, and back East Perth yeah. <laughs> bounce back from their four losses on the yeah. trot to, to yeah. get the job done <laughs> yeah Four straight losses and, you know, uh, but, you know, coming into the finals, I really thought for the girls um, that that would kind of play on their mind. But uh, Blake was huge on this is a new season. This is new. We wipe out what's happened in, yep. in the regular season. Hello. Um, and, yeah, me, you know, Blake's so good at, at looking at the positive side. Me, I kind of hold on to the negatives and really hold on. That's why you work uh, well together. And, yeah, I really hold on and, and, you know, I really kind of remind him that, yeah, but they need to be ready and focused uh, for this game because, uh, you know, that Willerton game, they were focused and they came out. I think if they're focused and hyped as they were, I think we, we will definitely get the win. Uh, but, uh, no, that's, a, as I said, Herb Graham, and the winner of that will uh, go to meet uh, the Junelot Wolves and also, uh, sorry, for the Perth and Coburn game. That'll be for the Willerton Tigers. and uh, But we'll talk about that next week and, and some of the, the, uh, the games. And then we'll also preview the grand final next week as well. So, um, not far. This season's gone so quick, Paso. That's a two, it's a week and a half away from having a winner. I yeah. think uh, you know by the time we hit, you know this the podcast gets released this week. It's yeah. it's literally a week week and a half away. Yeah. So yeah. look, it's uh, it's getting exciting. Mm. Uh, it you know even from our perspective, we've we've done a lot of hard work to get here and put ourselves in a position. But uh, you know we we have a focus. We, you know, we're we're an experienced group. We won't look past that. But uh, yeah. yeah, there'll be quite a few people uh, you know getting a little bit antsy and ready yeah. for the uh, for the big stuff to happen. Yeah. So, um, and also forgot to mention, I know they do meet uh, Willerton and Junelup, but they will meet on, meet on the Saturday. So it'll be a double header for whoever wins. And, you know, it, it does definitely play into uh, the teams who have won in the first round, uh, who are waiting, uh, who get the Friday night off. But uh, do you think maybe the Perth, um, or whoever wins both of these games, do you think they might be a bit you know, ready for a game because they played the Friday night? I don't know how it is, you know. I, I understand yeah. in a double header, it's always tough, but... You know, maybe because they've played, they're feeling really good and they're feeling, yeah, we're coming off a win and uh, the Junior Wolves and also the Willis and Tigers will be coming off a win, but they hadn't played the Friday night. Yeah, they'll have more rest. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of see it differently. You know, maybe, it, and maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, look, yeah, how would you feel about it's it? It's awkward. It's not. It's not something we've done before. No, no, I mean, actually, it, yeah, it's, exactly, it's, yeah. It's it's a case of two things. So, 
so generally if you're you're playing the Friday night, you're either coming off a loss the week yep. before, which you know you kind of want you know that game to come as quickly as possible so you can right the wrongs of, of that previous yep, yep, performance. Yep. And if you're coming off a win, you just want to carry that momentum through. So you know both those clubs will be we're pretty pretty primed, and you yep. can put some really key focus in on your scout, making sure you get your game plans right, and yeah. You know, when you're one of the top seeds who have gone straight through to that Saturday night game, and I mean, I'm I'm happy in a sense that we don't have to play the Friday. We're in a position where we're playing on the Saturday and we're waiting to find out who our opponent is. But it's awkward. I mean, we don't know who to scout for, so we're having yeah. to scout for two teams. We're having to put two game plans in place. Um, you know, we're having to, to communicate to our yeah. playing group this week without having a, a, an ideal focus of yeah. what it is that we need to beat the opposition coming up. So you know, there's a lot of extra work that gets yeah. put in and it's, it's a different situation. Yeah. It's something we haven't come across. But um, and I, and that's from a coaching perspective. We'll do the hours and make sure that, that we can put the right plan into place. But from a preparation, from a from a player's perspective, Ben might be able to chip in with this. Yeah. But but how do you prepare for, for not knowing who your opponent's going to be? Mm. I actually hadn't given as much thought to that point um, in terms of the scout um, having you just mentioned it I was more just you know it is tough to back it up straight after to play another game especially finals which are always tough mm-hmm. on the body um, so I was always of the opinion that yeah you want to win and you just want to play that one game rather than back to back but um, yeah having you actually made that point it is fair you know you, you, your trainings during the week are not really going to be tailored to a particular matchup and you really just mm. got to switch that on on the on the Saturday of the game which is a bit different but having said that I'd still I'd still rather have the fresh legs I think at the end of the day um you should know most teams pretty well by this point yeah. um yeah. you're not you're not changing much new and I know for us at least we've been preaching that our style is our style we don't really change much for anyone yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that stays the same this week it's like the focus of of individuals can can kind of be done by the coaches in the background and yep, yep. and the players can just just focus on getting to work and, and doing yep. what they do and continue putting themselves in strength positions. But I mean, it, it is awkward. It's new, you know. I think uh, we saw in we saw in two thousand nineteen where the NBA One South actually followed this this AFL system yeah. in the finals, and they went instead of going the the semis on the Friday and the prelim on the Saturday, they actually had. A break, a so week. they had a week off. Yeah, so yeah. the the top seeds that won through actually had a week off, and I think when they actually went to the second round or they actually got to those prelims, both of the top seeds lost because they'd now had two weeks without playing, you know, competitive basketball and two weeks of training. And I think it's better this, you know. I, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't take us out of our normality too much because you train. Thursday or Tuesday, you train Thursday like you normally would. You just don't know who the opponent is, yep. but you can maintain some sort of normality. So we'll back that in, and, and I'm sure the other seeds will do the same. Yeah. And look, I just you know we'll talk about it when we get to to the tips for the men's yeah. competition. But <laughs> I, I'm really just hoping for a triple overtime. Every starter plays 40 minutes or you know 55 <laughs> minutes in that yeah. case, and yeah, just absolutely back, beat the heck out of each other, and, yeah. and we'll be sitting back and enjoying that one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, it's it's half time as Blakey calls it, so we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk your you boys your speciality in the men's division. Uh, so we'll be back here on fast break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to fast break and welcome back. And uh, you know we have some guests in the studio, but uh, I thought I'd get a guest uh, over the phone, and that's the head coach and CEO of the Coburn Cougars, uh, Tyrant Thwaites. Tyrant, how are you? Very good, thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, no stress. Thank you so much. And um, your ladies have been firing lately. As uh, you, you guys finished, uh, you know, I think it was you guys just got in eighth um, this year. 
And uh, yeah, finished finished seventh, finished with sorry, an equal seven. record with, with Mandra. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, well, it's funny. Most people actually got um, confused by that. They're like, "Oh, is it off a percentage this year?" And it is. However, we actually played Mandra twice, um, yeah, so yeah. we got them on head to head. So yeah, it flipped it around, yeah, and, it. and we ended up at seventh. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, well, yep, seventh and, and Mandra also, yep, nine and nine as well. So you guys, you know, really came out strong this year and then, then started kind of struggling a little bit. And was there any kind of any reason for that? I, I think, you know, I remember us uh, at the East Perth and we played you guys and, and you guys beat us. And I actually put you as one of the best teams, like a top four team in the season. Um, is there anything that kind of happened, uh, you know, later in the season that kind of contributed to, you know, struggling to get that eighth position and, and seventh position? Yeah, we, we did really start strong and we were really proud of our start. We were 6-2 and two across the, the front half of the season and um, finished the back half of the year 3-6. and six. And, um, you know, look, there's, there's probably not one thing I can probably you know, single-handedly put our finger on, mm. but uh, I think for us, um, one of the key challenges we had across the year was adapting to a change in personnel. Um, early in the year, we lost um, young Tia Morgan, who was a big part of our core group, and yep. Um, obviously, the game we played against East Perth, we lost Hayley D'Souza to an ACL injury. And what that did was probably disrupted our, our rotation. We played a lot of pre-season games. We played five or six games, came into the start of the season really humming, and, and that reflected at the start. And to have that disruption and, you know, after having that, that progress we've made across five or six pre-season games and five or six games and, and to lose Hale probably caused a, a reshuffle of roles and a reshuffle of responsibilities. And mm. I don't think it was so much the on-court um, challenges you have with that, but there's some mental challenges that come with it as well. Girls have got to adapt. They've got to understand that they're shifting roles from week to week until we try to find a balance that works for us. And across the middle to late part of the year, we probably didn't quite get that. And um, we've done a lot of work in behind the scenes to try and get everybody back on the same page. And, you know, we weren't sure whether it was going to come together across the last couple of rounds and into finals. And, you know, ultimately it was in our hands across the last round. We just had to beat South West to get in, and, and we did. And, um, you know, with a, with a strong showing at Rockingham, we were very glad that it did come together last Friday night. Mm. We, we genuinely believe we are good enough to be a top four team, and we've had our challenges across the year. And thankfully, we get to hopefully showcase that we are exactly that this Friday night against the Redbacks. Mm. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go to the, the playoffs soon. I just wanted to talk about, you know, some of the, the, the key, you know, players you brought in this year. Taylor Simmons, who's from Melbourne, played college as well. She's been great. She's been, you know, your star player. And, and then also in the offseason, uh, you acquired Jesse Edwards, uh, you know, of Perth Lynx, who, who played um, you know, for the Eastern Suns. And then also uh, sharpshooter Molly Matthews as well. And how have they con- contributed to your team, your new look Coburn team? Oh, they've been massive contributors. Um, we're very lucky that you know every time we've recruited, and it doesn't always work this way, but um, we want to get we want to get high quality people, and, and you know that can be a buzzword or a buzz phrase to say, but we generally mean it, and we've got it in these three. I mean, uh, Taylor and uh, Jesse, we actively sought out and, and recruited, and um, Jess because of you know a big problem we've had at Coburn for a number of years about having a big presence inside, and mm. and Tay brings us. Um, just you know, someone who gets the ball in her hands and is, is not afraid to put it in the hole. Um, and you know, we needed that creator, and we found it in them. But they're outstanding club people. Um, both of them assist coach level teams. Um, they coach our Hoops programs. The girls, they're, they're great role models for our kids, and we're very proud of them. And um, obviously Molly Matthews. Most people don't realise that uh, she was a package deal with Nick Pazoglu. Um yeah. So Nick and Nick, Nick and Molly are uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, and um, Molly was a wonderful addition for us, and we picked up Nick as well. She's a 
She's an outstanding leader. Um, you know, comes with experience as a development player with the NBL for Bendigo a number of years ago, and um, is a shooter. And um, uh, you know, by her own regard, says this year that you know hasn't been her best year, but um, from our perspective, she's been a wonderful addition and, and brings uh, great calmness to our group. And, and you know, a fun personality um, uh, training out at games that our young girls can look up to. Mm. And going away from, as you know, as you mentioned with the men's side, uh, you know, going away from your head coaching job, you, you're also like, as we mentioned, the CEO. And, and how is that, you know, the CEO has a big job to do in running the whole club and then you're also head coaching. Um, you know, how do you kind of deal with that and how do you, you know, separate those both jobs to make it run smoothly? Well, purely from a workload point of view, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very, cut and dry about that. I tell most people that, you know, most head coaches in our league have full-time jobs. Uh, mine just happens to be at the basketball stadium. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, from that point of view, it's quite convenient. Uh, from a separation point of view, it's not that bad. I mean, a lot of people ask questions about how that works. Um, we've got great processes in place at the club to make sure that everything we do is fully transparent and, you know, um, we do the right thing by our programs. And, um, you know, on the men's side, I've got, you know, I, I play CEO to, to Andrew Cooper, who's a good mate of mine and obviously the head coach of our men's program. And we've got a great relationship, which makes that nice and easy. And on the women's side, you know, rather than playing CEO, I play head coach and they have a lot of discussions with our president, Travis French. And, um, you know, we've got a very open and transparent um, board of directors who I work very closely with on the women's side. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not as um, confusing or muddled as, as people might think. It's, it's actually quite straightforward. And in some respects, because I do both roles on the women's side, um, it's actually easier because sometimes when you have to, when you're you know, the CEO and you're managing two coaches, you've got to go and chase the coaches for different things. But um, I don't have to chase myself for things. I can just do it myself. Uh, makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, looking at the the playoffs and, and the finals coming up, and uh, you you did f- lose, you did finish the season with a loss against the Perth Redbacks, seventy seven to sixty five. But um, you know, um, here you know, for for me and Blake Sadara of the East Perth Eagles, uh, we're this, in the same boat. We we were going into the playoffs uh, with a with a zero and three uh, record in the last three weeks. Um, but then uh, you know, you also you know match up with Rockingham in in the first round. In the elimination final, which was uh, last Friday, and uh, yeah, a big win for you guys, eighty-one to seventy-five. Uh, you know, and and how were you feeling going to that one? You know, Rockingham with Taylor Burrows, uh, with 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 Bogue, um, Alex Chibatoni. You know, they have a star-studded group, and um, you know, what was your chat with the girls like, and how was your scout going into the game? Well, we played them twice this year, and uh, we played them in round one and in round seven. We beat them in, in round one with obviously our full group, and, and yeah. dropped the game against them at round in round seven at Rockingham, where we probably won't at our best. Um, it's a group we think we match up against pretty well. Um, a group I'm pretty familiar with. The coach I know quite well, and Tom Knowles. I did a bit of work with him when you know we were working together with Andy at the Perth Links. And yeah. um, look, ultimately, I think. That, that, the message we keep driving home to the girls is, and most people don't realise this, is that our program and, and our club, and we're, we're quite open and honest about it, has, if you measure success in terms of, you know, whether you've made a grand final or not, we've never done that as a club. We've never even made a grand final. So, yeah. you know, our girls, uh, you know, they're determined to bring success to our program. They're determined to bring success to our club and, and determined to do that for the, you know, the next couple of girls coming through. And um, they switched into gear on Friday night and, um, we've had some challenges in the last month in terms of executing our scout properly and making adjustments on the fly. But uh, Friday night was the first time I've seen a group, you know, the group um, that we had back in round one, two, and three where we were so successful. And um, they brought it, and it was a great contribution from everybody. That was the pleasing part. We 
we know we can't be overly reliant on Taylor and Jesse in the playoffs. Everyone knows how to play, and um, the scout on them is pretty obvious, and you still got to stop them. But um, we had people step up across the board. Ruby Ben was sensational. So for her to lock down Taylor Burrows, keep it at seven or eight points, and, um, and, and grab 10 of her own, um, well above her average this year. And, have Carly and Morgan contribute and play 29 minutes the most she's played this year and, and make three big three big threes um, for us. It was, it was huge. And Jody Sante, the you know, 36-year-old veteran, to yeah. come off the bench and just do a defensive job. But we have contributors all over the place, and that's what we've spoken about all year. And to, to get that, it was more about us than it was about Rockingham. We don't want to make it too much about the other team. We know that our best is as good as anybody. So we're very, very proud of that. It was a fun game to be a part of. We had a nice crowd down there. And, you know, we've got to do it the hard way with, you know, potentially two more away games against Redbacks and Wilson, and we're up for the challenge. Mm. And Jesse Edwards was a standout in that one, 31 points, 11 rebounds, and she's had a lot of those games, a lot of double-doubles. And, you know, do you did you have a chat with, jo- with, with Jesse into this game as she would have to, you know, you go up against, uh, you know, Bogue uh, and also Zoe Richards, um, you know, Brooke Malone, um, some great bigs. And did you have a chat with her uh, pre-game to kind of, you know, get her ready? And, and what would you have said to her? Well, it's funny, we don't really have to do that with Jess. She does it for herself. Yeah. Um, she's a very motivated um, woman who, you know, across the middle part of the year um, got injured um, and has been working her way back in, you know, slowly but surely. And we start to see glimpses of it uh, the last round of the season. It's Redbacks and um, the Slammers, where she averaged, I think, 14 points, 16 rebounds and um, really built into it this weekend. I think, you know, um, and this is an athlete who played in the WNBL last year and, and you know, he's, he's still out there to prove herself. And look, funnily enough, she didn't actually match up against Chris Bowe. We don't think that's the greatest matchup for her. We started her on Zoe Richards and, yeah. you know, both got really quick feet and um, we didn't want that to be exploited for us. And, and um, you know, um, thankfully for us, Rockingham likes to switch a lot of screens and, yeah. and uh, we've, we've exploited that nice and early in the game and Jess got going. And, you know, generally when Jessie gets going early, she's really hard to stop. She makes, you know, she makes great shots and great post moves from awkward positions that most people don't think are actually going in, but she does it on a consistent basis. But she doesn't need any motivation from us. She does that all herself, and um, we expect the same from her this weekend. That's what you, know, that's what you get when you have a WNBL-level athlete in your team. Mm. Yeah, and like you mentioned, we, you guys match up with the Perth Redbacks, who did have a big loss against the Junelot Wolves. I was at the game at HBF Arena, 90-48, to 48, and they've got to be deflated uh, in that huge loss from the Junelot Wolves at home. And, uh, you know, this is at Belmont Oasis, uh, so they will be a bit comfortable uh, at home. But, you know, what are you going to be talking to the girls this week? And, and what's what's some major, you know, key points you're going to be mentioning to the girls about the Perth Redbacks this weekend? Well, we played them twice. We beat them at home, and they beat us at their place two weeks ago. So we only played them, or sorry, only less than that. We played them in the last round of the season. So, um, you know, we weren't particularly great that night. Um, we couldn't make a bucket, but um, Maddie Allen had, a, had an exceptional night. Probably got the better of Jesse as well. And, um, you know, we couldn't, we didn't do a job on Jess Jacobs. We followed a scout poorly. They went to a zone. We just didn't adjust. And, um, Look, we think we're a very capable group and, and we're very confident going into Friday night that we match up really nicely against them. We know that Maddie's going to play big minutes and she'll play them, you know, head-to-head with Jesse. Um, you know, we've got to do a job on Jess Jenkins and, and if we think if we can do a job on Jess and, and make their role players have to step up and play, it's going to be um, hopefully the challenge for them um, to match it with us rather than the other way around. And uh, Taylor Simmons is a big one. Um, she's really tough to match up on, um, I think, for the first Redbacks. And they'll take a full team effort. Last time they... They tried a whole bunch of different schemes before they went to zone to really slow her penetration down. But um, I think we know what they're going to bring to the table. They know what we're going to bring to the table. And it's going to be a question of who can adjust the best. And, um, you know, 
um, make the most of their opportunities on Friday night, and hopefully that does. Mm. Well, uh, you know, Tyron, thank you so much for joining me. And you know, if if you win this one, you go to the semi, you go to the prelim final, uh, which uh, the Williston Tigers will be waiting, and we're in the same boat at East Perth. Uh, we have the Warwick, Warwick uh, Senators, and we'll be waiting. Uh, well, Junot Wolves will be waiting for us. Hopefully, if we win that one, but uh, you know, good luck for the rest of the season, Tyrone. And um, you know, you never know; it could be a Coburn East Perth Grand Final. <laughs> could very well be, uh, Jake. I really appreciate it. And um, best of luck for you, Blake and Dells, on uh, on Friday night against Warwick. And then, obviously, hopefully against um, Jude Love on Saturday night. You guys have done a wonderful job with that team this year, and it's a credit to you guys. And um, uh, they've been a pleasure to watch this year and um, I'm just glad that we got you guys the one time we did get to play you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Tyrone. Uh, but um, no, appreciate your time, uh, you know, as, from your busy schedule. But um, as I mentioned, good luck and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you soon. Thanks, mate. Enjoy the rest of the playoff series for you guys as well. Thanks. Bye, Tyrone. <laughs> Welcome back to Fast Break, and uh, also forgot to mention uh, we did talk to uh, you know Tyron Thwaites from the Coburn Cougars, uh, and also the CEO he is as well. <laughs> Very busy man here, so really appreciate the time uh, he took to talk to me today. But uh, um, Paso and Ben, we've still got you in the studio from the Parallax Hawks, um, you know, and we we've been talking a lot about finals, and it's it's great. And you mentioned Paso about. You know, because we're not in that situation as East Perth. We're actually we've we if we win, we we already know who we're scouting. So you know that's why Blake has got me this week scouting Joondal up, yep. um, and then also. But for you guys, it's true. You guys don't know till Friday night at maybe eight thirty nine o'clock who you're playing on the Saturday night. So yeah, like Ben said, you guys are just gonna do your own thing, and but it must be hard. Yeah, sitting from my point of view, it's like oh cool, we've got one team um, to focus on. Yep. Uh, well, we've got two teams, but. For me, I've got one team to focus on f- if we win on on Friday, um, but you guys don't even know who you, you know really who you're gonna. Yeah, but it's, it's not it's not much different. Like, yeah. obviously, we've got two teams where we can just yeah. spread the love. Of, we've got some really good assistant coaches who are key contributors in in yeah, putting yeah. together game plans and scouts, and you know that we'll rely on them again to to make sure that they get the work in and and give us some key points to to try to, to kind of focus on and give us something to to work with during the week. But um, yeah, it is awkward. But yeah. I'd much rather be in my shoes than yeah. than going into a <laughs> yeah. sudden death yeah. Friday yeah. night yeah. game and and then hope to to get the win and then repeat again twenty four hours later. So happy to sit back, but yeah, it's certainly yeah, it's a unique new thing, and yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but we we welcome all challenges and yeah. we'll try and navigate our way through it as best we can. Yeah, I think too, it's probably cool that you get to sit and watch the two teams you might play play each other the day before, and um, you know, it's not like they'll have a week off, but to change a lot between that so yeah. you can kind of uh, see how they go at each other and feel like you're as prepared as you kind of can be come the next day yeah. I think I think this might be the first game in, in a long time that <laughs> I might go down to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. down to the stadium in Willerton there yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and have a look and do the old school scout that I know the uh, East Perth Brains Trust do so uh, so regularly yeah. but yeah it's been, a, it's been a long time since I've gone and sat in a crowd and, yeah. and watched the game with, with that sort of uh, that sort of focus point but you know yeah. that, that brings some excitement too I think yeah uh, I think it'll be good to see and, and get a bit of a read on 
on on what each team's doing, and you know, yeah. it certainly help just finalise what our thought processes are going into the Saturday. Yeah. Do you think any of the boys will go down? Have you talked to some of the boys? Uh, you know, I want you to be there, but uh, rather than sleep, have yeah, a rest, rest eat, yeah. eat well, and and prepare for the game. And yeah. and you know, I think uh, you know we've we've been around for long enough, Ben and I, and and the rest of the playing group yeah. to to know that we'll give them the right information. And and you know, we know certainly that the players will, will go and deliver whatever it is that we ask them to do. So. Yeah. You know, I think hopefully they can trust us to give them the right info and, yeah. you know, we certainly trust them to do the job on the night. I'd yeah. expect to. A lot of the guys are just basketball heads, so they'll be watching on yeah. the on the live stream, yeah, if yeah. not, um, you know, the next day. And, um, yeah, pretty keen on just, just watching it as a basketball fan, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, Ben, we mentioned uh, – well, I've mentioned this earlier and a lot of people who we've talked to on the podcast have mentioned how – you know, with NBL One West, we're not in series. And um, you mentioned off air that you love the series, and um, you know, rather than just the one knockout. But um, you know, how do you think that changes the gameplay uh, as it's just one one game uh, rather yeah. than a three game series? Uh, yeah, I was well. I was saying that I just think it's a bit of a shame that they've they've gone away from it this year, just yeah. because of the fact that it's such a long season. You know, it's a bit yeah. of, it's a grind at times and. You do all you can to make the finals, and then you know you can lose one game on poor sh- poor shooting, yeah, or foul yeah. trouble, or the other team gets hot, and then you could be out. So, yeah. also just the, I like the fact that the series provide you you know a bit of a rivalry. You have a chance to go away, and I mean the one that comes to mind for us is um, uh, 2018 when we lost to Rockingham that first game, and and Jake Holman did his ACL in the first game. We had to. Yeah, had to recover and bounce back. Won the last two with a, a depleted kind of lineup, and uh, that's a pretty special series for us. Um, and you just lose the chance to create kind of um, some memories like that, I guess. But um, in terms of game style, um, you just got to go and yeah. full crack, like literally leave nothing out there. There's, yeah, uh, we had the double chance obviously this week, but um, you know, one-off games that are tough, and um, I think you just can't dwell on missed shots. You can't dwell on anything that goes wrong. You just got to keep pushing forward, and that's the mindset we're trying to take. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll go to some of the games and, and some of the teams uh, that will, that that have played already uh, this week. And the Mandra Magic getting a, a really, you know, close win against the Coburn Cougars men's. Uh, the Mandra Magic sixty three, Coburn sixty two, and uh, you know, as we all know, Scott Machado has you know left and uh, you know uh, ha- had to leave. I'd say he didn't want to leave. I'd say had to leave, uh, maybe for the Cairns Taipans and and also some other things he's got going on. But um. Yeah, big win for Mandra. Uh, Brian Carwell, Brian, you know well, big BC. Yep, BC. Uh, won a championship. Yes, Coburn yeah, championship it. winning player with the Hawks. Yeah, and uh, he had 12 points, 14 rebounds, and also uh, Deng also 12 points, 9 rebounds. Jeremy Grace, um, he's a guy that's going to have to step up and really play some great basketball and really, yeah, take, take the team uh, to the finals, hopefully. Uh, 17 points, 9 rebounds uh, for them. And, and uh, how do you think... This manager team will deal with, you know, how they have you know, maybe not. I don't think they've relied on Scott Machado. I think you know Scott's done his role, but how, how do you think they're going to be post uh, Scott Machado? Yeah, well, that's that's obviously you know one of the the million dollar questions that the people yeah. are going to ask. But I mean, first game away that he's missed, and and they get a really big win, you know, against the Coburn Cougars, and, and the first playoff win that I that I, I understand is their first playoff win in the men's program of all time, so ever. So, yeah. you know, that's a it's a pretty big deal for them, and, and they've done that without him. So his influence obviously still remains. And, I mean, if you look at some of the contributors, I mean, you know, a guy like Scott Machado is going to be able to put the ball wherever he wants to. And, you know, we've seen a re, re – you know, we've seen Brian Carwell, you know, kind of come out of nowhere and become 
more of the player that he used to be back in the day and he's starting to string some good games together and the reemergence of uh of guys like a cool Deng who you know yeah. had had been in that club a couple of years ago and was just a bits and piece player, but he's he's really having a big impact a big impact and you know uh, Jeremy Grace is is a talented guy. He can certainly you know fill the hoop up with with buckets, but you know, he he's got some work to do on on both sides of his game at the moment. But certainly he's gotten better, been able to focus on those areas with Scott being there and. Young kid like Riley Parker, I mean, you're yeah. watching that game, it's such a close game, and, and you look at the stat line, Riley hasn't had a massive input, but he, he scored the last five points, he's hit a big three, he's got the next two going to the bucket, and, you know, he's ready to, ready to go, and, you know, it's, Machado will always have his fingerprint on it, but, you know, Aaron Traher's been able to empower the guys that are left, and, yeah, it's a pretty good result for them, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, and the Coburn Cougars, sadly, the end of their season, and uh, they actually did really well to finish the end of the season. They, they kind of struggled early on, but uh, uh, for them, Sevachan, 13 points, 4 rebounds. Uh, Josh Hunt, 15 points, 2 rebounds. Nick Pazoglu, who was the MVP and also the Defensive Player of the Year, 18 points, 7 rebounds. And for you, Paso, you know, Coburn was a place where, like we mentioned, won a championship. And is there a part of you that kind of wants to see Coburn, you know, do well? Yeah, look, you I, know, you know, <laughs> once, once I moved, yeah. it was kind of, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really bring any of my feelings towards Kobe, and I think it's nice to to go down there and look at the championship banner because it, it means a lot. But uh, yeah, look, I don't I don't hold any good or bad feelings for them. Yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. beat them every time we play them, yeah, just exactly. like I do every other opposition. So, um, you know that it's you know it's good to see them make the playoffs in the sense that they had such a slow start to the season. They were able to ramp up and and get some momentum going into the playoffs. But you know a few teams fell down around them as well and, and allowed them to get into that spot. But you know they obviously weren't able to capitalise and, and beat an undermanned Mandra team. So I mean they they seem really inconsistent. I think their their best is is pretty good when they're up and about and yeah. you know the style and structures that that Andrew Cooper's trying to put into place. But their bad was really bad too. So. Yeah. You know they've they've got some inconsistencies. They're a young team. You know yeah. they're developing. They've got some players that uh, they came from nowhere. Ben Henschel, young kid who who probably came into the team halfway and and kind of yeah. joined them and started playing. You know like reasonable minutes as they were starting to go on their winning streak. So you know yeah. he's got he's certainly got some uh, some good kids to work with over the summer and you know expect them to be better. And you know I think finals next year should be their ambition. And if they continue to develop the way they are, they'll they'll bounce back. But yeah, certainly. You know the loss will sting. Mm, it was yeah. a strange result. It was sixty-seven, sixty-five, low scoring. I think, I think Gav was like two of twelve or something. Just unusual for him. Um, didn't get to see the whole game, but I'd be interested to see what Madrid did to actually, you know, key in on that. Obviously, they got the, yeah. t- the dual threats there, but um, well, thirty-six threes, Coburn shot. So, yeah. so Coburn were obviously looking to to have an impact from the three-point line, and, and Mandra went kind of the other way. I think they only put up thirteen themselves. So. It was a you know tale of two different styles, and you know the the style of the bigger, you know, smarter team got the job done. Yeah, well, uh, like you said, uh, Ben. Yeah, Gavin Field two from fourteen, uh, with with fourteen percent. So that's not really vintage Gavin Field for for Coburn. So um, you haven't seen him do that too often in his career. No, he's a big no. game player, and usually you know loves those finals moments. Probably you know, everyone has off shooting games, and that's the exact point I was making about the series. Yeah. Like you'd like to have that game back and try and. Level it in a game two and, and fight it out in a game three, but it's uh, one game, do it, do or die. And then we'll go to the qualifying final, which was the Lakeside Lightning with a huge win against the Willerton Tigers. As we mentioned, the Willerton Tigers will get uh, a second chance at it, 95 to 92. This was at Lakeside Rec Centre. And uh, I'd say these are the two biggest 
competitors for you guys. Uh, um, you guys are in the you know, men's division. You'll know more than me, definitely. But I think these two are definitely two up there that, that are going to really compete hard with you guys. And um, But I think anyone in this men's finals are going to compete with you guys. But uh, these are two teams. This is Blakey's pick, the Lakeside Lightning. Um, but um, don't worry, I've got... Alex Hawks. Glad, glad you um, said that. And I really do. I really do. Um, and uh, for them, Rowan McKenzie, he's had a great uh, you know, season for them. 25 points, three rebounds, five assists. Kyle Lama, 20 points, two rebounds, two assists for him. Jay Bowie, 18 points, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, and also off the bench, uh, it was uh, Tom Parkinson. He had a double-double, 13 points, 13 rebounds. Anyone in there that uh, is a huge threat uh, you know, to everyone in the finals? Well... I think everyone from a lakeside standpoint is a threat. But side note yeah. to that, I think if uh, for those who were tuning in at home, notice there was a six thirty start to to that game. It yep. was because Lakeside had requested that be moved forward because Ryan McKenzie was due to fly out for college oh, really? that night and has departed since. So yeah. you know he's been a, a major contributor in in their run to the playoffs and certainly in their consolidation for a top two finish. Uh, you know, with the loss of Cor- uh, Corey Shervel with his injury yeah. and, and, you know, the current loss, although I did see Jared Pru was suited up and didn't step foot on the floor and obviously that was just through precaution yeah. reasons because you don't have the, the greatest rebounder of all time sitting there not playing if he's available. So, you know, they, they are a, a pretty handy team. Where they're tough is they're really tough on their home floor. I think they've, uh, you know, we've certainly struggled to, to win there and we've played pretty well a number of times and just not been able to get over the line. And I think... Uh, I think it was a case of that exact thing on, on Friday night. Willerton were probably the better team for, for 38 minutes of that game and, and they were up six with two to go and they just couldn't put the ball in the hoop. They missed a few free throws. Damien Scott went and, and missed both free throws yeah. on one attempt and they took some questionable shots in the, the back end of the game and Ryan McKenzie, you know, he just goes down the other end. You know, the last seven points of that game, he hits a big three, he hits a one-legged fadeaway that rattles down and then he gets to the rack on another occasion. I mean, he's the guy that's probably kept them together a little bit and, and got them over the line a few times. He did the same thing against us. He, he came up big in the stretch for them and, you know, that that's kind of won them the game. But, yeah, Willerton, I think they threw everything they had at him and, and certainly tried to uh, to play with a with a high tempo level and try and run Lakeside off their feet. But, you know, Lakeside again, um, even with all the, the people out that they've got through injury at the moment, they're still able to, uh, to walk away victors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Williton, I think, have done really well f- considering they have such a young team. Uh, they have their core kind of, you know, Damien Scott, um, who's been you know, uh, who's been there for a long time, uh, 13 points for him. And Mike Vigor, who's been, you know, a signing from, uh, also from the Lakeside Lightning. Uh, you know, he had big game, 21 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists for him. Connor Midgenton is, you know, one of the young guys who's been doing well for them, 16 points uh, for him. Uh, Roosevelt Williams as well, uh, 12 points for him and, and uh, that is, sorry, I've got the name wrong. Yeah, Hunter Clark, my bad. Uh, 10 points, 4 rebounds. And also Tom Jerovich off the bench, 10 points for him. Yeah, young side, would you, you know, how do you think they've done this year? Uh, oh, they've, they've been phenomenal. I mean, they've, they've also kept that winning record they've had this season, uh, you know, with the absence of Damian Scott, who missed yeah. about a month of basketball with a, with a knee concern. And, yep. and I think uh, there was an ankle issue there for, for Vigor as well. I know that we played them. Oh, must have been around about round fourteen, and yep. and neither of those guys were available. And you know, their their young kids came on, and and certainly didn't uh, discredit themselves. They played really hard, and you know, they they were they you know caused us to to make a few adjustments, which is always a really good sign for for a young kid. But you know, Connor Mitchison's just a he's just a, a weapon offensively. He can he can really heat it really quickly, and mm. 
They've got some really smart guys. Roosevelt Williams underrated player too. I mean, he's yeah. quick, he's he's crafty, he can create for others. You know, um, he's still got some work to do on, on being able to knock that three ball down consistently. But you can clearly see he wants to shoot it, and he's only going to get more comfortable doing so. And yeah, that Tom, you know, is it Trent Jerovich? Is it the young kid's name? Off Thomas. The, Thomas yeah, Jerovich. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Thomas. Um, <laughs> That's right. I mean, he's an exceptionally young, skilled. You know, yeah. young young kid. He's seventeen years of age. Yep. He, he moves really, really well. He's athletic. He's got he's got size. He knows how to use it. He's just uh, puts himself in in winning positions. And he actually reminds me a little bit of a younger you, to be honest. <laughs> just you know, you know, just plays with that purpose and and, mm. and pace that that sometimes uh, others aren't able to to keep up with. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how he goes. And I think the question now is, we're in playoffs. The playoffs put, puts a whole new level of pressure on. And Another Willerton guy is going to stand up when uh, when that pressure's right on top of him. Yeah. Well, uh, we've got some other games to cover, but we're going to do that in the fourth period. Well, fourth quarter, as Blakey says. Um, but, you know, I really want to get Ben involved. I think, you know, that's that's the guy we've, we've wanted to talk to. That's why he's here. Uh, but, uh, so, Ben, uh, you've done a lot in your basketball career. And, you know, you're one of the guys I remember since I was a kid at the old basketball, st- old June Lutt basketball stadium when I was floor wiping and stuff. And you're one of the guys that have always been there. And uh, it's great to see, you know, you stick with one team and stick with the Hawks. And, um, you know, you grew up, um, you know, mostly playing for the Hawks. Um, did, did you play, like, Wobble? Um, yeah, all, uh, all through being with the Hawks. Started yeah. with um, Subiaco in our kind of yeah, yeah, club yeah, uh, yeah. scene when I was five or six and then Wobble from when I was about 13. So, been a Hawkey my whole life. Yeah. Yep. And, and a lot of players, you know, do tend to kind of move around and, and I'm the same as well, especially with coaching. Um, and try and find somewhere where they fit, and that that's been my my kind of goal with someone. Where do I fit? You know, I tried to coach, you know, with with some wolves, and and and, and you know, Nixie also offered me and tried to get me involved with that group. And uh, but uh, getting an offer from East Perth, I tried to fit, and um, you know, I didn't know if it would work. Um, but uh, Blakey came along, and he still wanted me to join. So uh, and then stay with the club, and that's my, been my kind of thing with basketball is trying to fit somewhere. Um, but um, for you, you know, how how has it been uh, at the Hawks? It's such a great club, and you guys have been one of the most successful clubs. And um, what do you love about the Hawks as a club and and as a family? Yeah, um, well, it's obviously I've been there a while now, so there's yeah. been kind of different iterations of the of what I would call the club. But um, yeah, yeah, I think it's in a really good space right now. Um, but it's a lot different to you know when I first came in. It was still a, a great club then as well, but just different. Um, and in terms of fit, I mean, I was given the opportunity to probably start from when I was in my second season. And I understand guys move around to try and get exposure in minutes, and that's fair enough. I mean, everyone wants to play, so there was nothing I could really complain about. So there was no reason for me to move um, anywhere else. And I think, uh, you know, every year it just keeps becoming um, better in terms of, uh, you know, the off-court kind of community elements. Like, yeah, I think yeah. on-court we've always had solid programs, especially yeah. in the SBL kind of level. But um, – and especially since I think Paso's come on board, just um, I've really felt the kind of community has, has stepped up. And, you know, our, our junior wobble stuff now is huge. And, um, you know, we had a, a quiz night a couple of weeks ago and just seeing all the all the parents and all the, the kind of Hawks family there was just great. And – um same goes when we when we won that premiership in 2018. Just the highlight was seeing everyone in the in the in the stands who's been a part of it all. It, it really is just a big big community. Yeah, and uh, you know you, you first played in the in the SBL uh, when, in in 
I think it was, sorry, 2008, uh, your first year. And yep. How did that come about? And, uh, you know, how was your first season, especially being young and, and then, you know, dealing with maybe some of the, the veterans? And I actually can't remember from my head. And normally I, I'm actually pretty good <laughs> with remembering some of the older players. But, um, you know, how was it playing that year? And who was maybe some of the veterans, just to remind me on yeah, that? Yeah. Um, well, it was just kind of a case of working working up through the age groups yeah, of Wobble. Yeah, and and yep. you, you're, I watched all, like, the. Um, kind of John Gardner era teams yes, through the yeah, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, I think they won four in a row. They were kind of my my heroes, I guess. And um, obviously the goal for me was always to try and play play SBL. Um, yeah. And yeah, got oh, did a few pre-seasons before my first year, but then first year in 2008, and John was still coaching there. That was yep. his last year. Yep. We had a pretty stacked lineup. I think we actually finished on top um, that season. We, Joey was still around, uh, Tupac. Um, yep, 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 yep. I think we had, um, I think uh, Pete Crawford might have played that season. Yeah. Um, Tommy Garlop was there. Yep, yep. Um, just a really like talented team. Some of the kind of more veteran guys had had just retired, so there was a bit of a change of the guard. Yep. Um, so my minutes kind of fluctuated a bit that first season. Um, kind of took what took what I could get, but it was kind of definitely could see scope to try and you know add to that that team and transition um, to the next kind of generation. And we had a kind of a good year, my year group coming through as well. So a few of my mates were on board as well. Um, but yeah, that was that was great. John was obviously a legendary coach, and um, yeah, I think that first year was just happy to be amongst it. And um, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot different to how it is kind of now. I think with the, the young fellas and how it all operates is certainly like you just kind of just showed up and listened and just yeah. did what you were told. And <laughs> yeah, and I think that's just a change in. in the way everything is is now but um yeah no it was it was good good to get amongst it mm. and then uh you you got the chance to go over to the u.s and play uh, for augusta uh and um you know someone who has played for augusta was a former wildcat as well was greg hire yeah and um you know i don't know if that was before or <laughs> after you were there uh, uh, i was the year before i was there yeah. yeah so he i think i think he was there for four years or yeah, yeah. Um, he did a few years somewhere else and then also did yeah, um, so yeah, he had left and then I came the following year with Kyle Armour as well. Yep, yep. Um, and I think Cam Tovey was there before, yep. before Greg, so yep. yeah, a few Australians over yeah. the years. And how did that come about and how was the you know the process of you going to college and um, the selection process for you? Uh, yeah, it was um, kind of always something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I was a bit of a late bloomer, like my best kind of state tournament was under 20s and yeah. um, kind of got a bit of interest out of that and I can't remember exactly who who led to that kind of connection it was, it might have even been like a Mick Downer or someone from um mm. from WA but um Robbie McKinlay who's now the uh AIS head coach taking yep. over from um Cape Horn he he reached out he, he'd heard from me I think he might have even spoken to Greg and got a bit of a um a bit of a scout because he had played against me obviously in the SBL as well and said you know send over some tape and it kind of went from there and um yeah, really, I had a few other kind of looks um, the year before. I'd, I'd had a good look at um, – do you remember Luke Payne who came over and played for Lakeside? Sure, yeah. His old man, Eddie Payne, was at a, a kind of a, a smaller D1 school and, and had offered me a scholarship, but I didn't think it was quite the right time for me. So I was actually 20 when I went over, not kind of freshly 18. And yeah, I yeah. think that was actually a good good thing for me. So you were just thanking Greg for a, What's uh, that? For his hookup oh, on, yeah, exactly. On yep. Saturday night. Gave me the, uh, gave me the in. <laughs> Yeah, you see, had a really close conversation there. Exactly. Yeah. The game. <laughs> that was going to come up at some stage. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Greg and Ben had a bit of a chat. <laughs> yeah. And um, something that's interesting is, is you also represented Australia in Saipan as well. Uh, yeah, that was like a, um, I guess we'll call that an Australia A team. They had like yeah. the, um, the, the top, you know, 12 or 15 who were doing And that was that under 20? Then, yeah, it was after under 20s. And then yeah. it was probably the next 10 or so who got invited to do that, Yeah, which was fun. And um, a lot of those guys um, ended up having really good kind of NBL and um, – Overseas, I think uh, we had Bairstow was on yep, the team. Yep, Bairstow, yep. A few other guys who were still around in the state leagues and stuff. So, um, yeah, that was that was a good experience. We won pretty easily. We played lots yeah. of kind of Asian teams and they weren't quite up to up to scratch, but it was good. Yeah. yeah. So that's what the equivalent of the Emerging Boomers team that, that exists now? Yeah, could, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what, what they do nowadays. Kind of lost touch a bit, but um, yep. oh, it was obviously awesome to get the, the kit and just be a part of that. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Well, uh, Ben, we've still got more to talk with you, but uh, we're going to take a break as well, Paso, and we're going to talk some of the games and we're going to preview some of the games and and also uh, talk about who you guys are waiting for uh, on your journey to the grand final and your journey to the grand final Uh, win. Because if you guys, well, when you guys will you be in the crowd? I'll be buying a ticket and I'll be sitting on your side. All right, in blue. Maybe. East Perth blue or yeah. you just have a little bit of white on the <laughs> yeah. shoulders? Oh, well, I can wear blue because, yeah, we're both blue. So, yeah. All right, we're going to be back for the fourth quarter, as Blakey calls it, uh, after this. Wangara Pharmacy is your local place open every day from 7 a.m. to 11 at night. Support the locals that support you. Station sponsor, Wangara Pharmacy. 9200-4400. 9200-4400. Welcome back to Fast Break. It's the fourth quarter and... Uh, We've got a lot of games. Well, we don't have a lot of games. But we've got a few games to cover, <laughs> and a few of the games that have, you know, gone that have happened uh, in the first round in the elimination final of the finals was the Perth Redbacks with a big win against the Warwick Senators at Warwick, and uh, it was 111 to 88, 33 point win. And uh, in this game, uh, Caleb Davis, uh, 25 points, seven rebounds. Ethan Elliott, uh, 13 points, five rebounds. Justin King. With a huge game, 28 points, 6 rebounds. Cody Ellis, 16 points and 3 rebounds, 9 assists. And then also going to the Perth Redbacks, Lewis Timms, 32 points, 7 rebounds. Isaac Gartorna, 25 points, 9 rebounds. Tevin Jackson, 20 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, Marty Nelson, uh, 19 points, 5 rebounds. And uh, did you check out this game? No, uh, look, this, this game, obviously we didn't see, obviously we were playing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't one that we tuned in. Obviously we've started looking at it now and you know we can clearly clearly see that they've had four contributors with 20 or more and yeah i think any team is going to be difficult difficult to uh to stop when doing that and if you look at the spread of scores that they had i mean it was kind of limited to that four with a couple of small contributions elsewhere and i mean 111 points and you know 100 100 plus of it comes from from four guys i think uh i think it's maybe it's not that sustainable as yeah. the playoffs go, but certainly they got one on the night. And Warwick are a tough team. We only played them in the last regular season game, and and you know they they're up and about when we play them, and it's a it's a great rivalry that we've built with the Warwick Senators. But you know that was that was a difficult game, and yeah, you know they are so smart in the half court, and they have ways of of creating that misdirection and, and trying to get the bigger guys onto onto our guards and and just create that mismatch where where we've always been able to, and you know we've made adjustments, but. Nothing worked against the Redbacks, and you know they just were throwing shots up, and they're all going in. and And credit to CJ, he's got them up and about at the right time of the year. And yep. yeah, yeah, I look forward to seeing that game on, on Friday night, and yeah, see what they can do. But you know, I think um, you know Sterling were really 
yeah. kind of went off the boil a little bit when Corbin, yeah. who was the WCC Grand Final MVP, um, you know, he, he's their he's their motor, the head of the snake, and you know, kind of put a bit bit of pressure on the young Ethan Elliott, and you know, he's a young kid, and he's had a brilliant season. He's got an amazing career ahead of him, but uh, yeah, yeah, he just you know had a had a quiet night for for what he's been doing lately. Yeah. So the Perth Redbacks finished seventh, and uh, as for the win, so who do they have uh, next? So the Perth Redbacks play Willerton Tigers this yes, Friday night. That's it. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, so that'll be a, t- a tough one for for the Perth Redbacks as well. And, uh, will that be uh, that'll be at Willerton? As well. That's at Willerton. Yep. That's uh, Friday night, seven o'clock, I think. And yeah, that's the game that we need to go and watch. And we'll be watching uh, with a, with a Hawkeye because we we need to uh, try and break that game down and yeah, I like that see one. what we can do. Right. It's easy. Just yeah. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll preview that one in a sec. Um, but uh, the other game that happened is is your game, uh, the Parallax Hawks getting a big win against the Rockingham Flames. And, uh, yeah, I was rooting for you guys on this one. I was, I'm always rooting for you guys. No lie. No lie. <laughs> no lie. Well, we appreciate that, mate. <laughs> uh, it's, as good, I said. it's good to have fans out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, for, so for some of your scorers, uh, Ben, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, Mitch Clark. 5 steals. Oh, let me get. Let me just, let me just check. <laughs> let me just check. Underrated, 5 steals. Yes, 5 steals. Yes, good job, Ben. Uh, and then uh, Mitch Clark, 19 points, three rebounds. Alex Ferguson, 22 points, eight rebounds. And also one guy I love on this team is Lewis Thomas, seven points, ten rebounds. And uh, you've moved around some of your some of your starting five, you know, during the end of the season and stuff. And was that kind of due to maybe injuries or was it just due to just trying to test the waters and see who's going to give you the most? No, look, we, we had a, a couple of injuries, you know, going into the end of the year and Ben... Ben had a minor ankle concern that he yeah, 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 yeah. that he elected to to rest for a couple of weeks and it gave us some exposure to to some of our depth guys that you know give them a chance to get a feel for what that starting lineup looks like and you know for the most part of the season we've been pretty steady uh, with the lineup that we've taken in and hasn't really changed much but I think the the most pleasing thing is the guys off the bench the the depth guys your Ryan Smith your Rob Casiers yeah. your Matt Leary's uh, your Bailey Coles have really sunk their teeth into to the role that they have and have accepted it and and it's become an art form for them because they they've been able to to really come out and and absolutely contribute week in week out and you know sometimes you get a little bit of inconsistencies with with role players but yeah, uh, you yeah. know we've been very fortunate that we we get solid contribution from all of them every week yeah one one guy i really want to talk about is Matt Leary Matt Leary has been, you know, huge. And you're saying role player. He's he's been a guy that's given you buckets in most of his games he's played. And um, you know, how's he been uh, for you and, and and coaching Matt? I mean, I I mean, I could speak all day about Matt Leary, but I could speak all day about my players. But yeah, you know, yeah. the guy that has to you know train against him every day is is Ben. He'll have a, a different input than I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been great since he came. Um, seamless fit off the court. Like really liked amongst the players. Yeah. Um. Probably could start on any team in the league. Um, had a huge preseason um, this year in particular, and often when I'm down at the stadium, he's already there on the shooting gun. Um, so I mean, literally ticks every single box you want as a player and as a teammate. Um, and I'm not surprised at the results because he puts the work in, and he and he's just got a motor. He just goes like he he goes after every rebound. He's yeah. on loose balls. You know, he's got a slight frame, but he tees up as hard as anyone. Um, Gets in passing lanes, he averages to like two and a half steals or something a game. So no, he's been huge. Um, literally the perfect guy you want as a spark off the bench. Um, yeah. D League Grand Final the other week, he had nine threes. Um, 
just yeah. literally caught fire. He's been in a bit of a purple patch towards the yeah. end of the year as well. Yeah, he has. I think. I think. I mean, the testament to him because I mean, he's he's second in our team in scoring. So here's a role player who is our second highest points per game average. Yeah, I think you know he he obviously accepts that he he still hasn't you know moved into the big minute type role, but. In our team, we, we kind of pride ourselves on we don't really have anyone playing those big minute roles. It's just we just play what's required and what's necessary. And I mean, we've you know Ben's even had games this season where he's only he's played under twenty minutes, which yeah. is probably a first in his career or since two thousand eight when he made his debut. But I think that's testament. And 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 Matt's come a long way. He, you know, I had him. Oh, I think in two thousand nineteen for the WA State team, we we lost the gold medal match to to uh, Victoria by about seven points, I think. And and Matt was a late. He had a, an elbow issue during the trials for that tournament. Yeah, and yep. it's quite – and Ben would remember this because the boys were training the next on the very next court. We had a practice match against the Wildcats development team. And uh, and Lockie, uh, Lockie, Lockie Forrest, who was the original yep. pick, the original 10 guy, he had a – just a sickening head clash in, in one of the practice games. And, and Matt, who had really struggled with injuries, was kind of that injury replacement who came in last minute, who had the potential to, to, to step into that starter's role. And he ended up ended up starting the tournament yeah. as the, you know, as the as the shooting guard on a team that had, you know, Kyle Bowen, Alex Dukas, Wani Swaka, Luke Travers, yeah. like a super talented team. And, you know, the semifinal came about and Matt goes seven of eight threes and, and has 28 points or something. And, and that kind of indicated what sort of talent he was. And he came back and I think he struggled to find a home. He, he Obviously, he was at, at Bunbury and, and made the move up to East Perth to, to go Metro and go to university and didn't work out for, for whatever yeah. reason. And he took off to college. And when he was at college, I obviously kept in contact with him and he didn't really have anywhere to go. And we other than the you know that one big game we hadn't really seen a massive sample size of him and yeah. and he made the call to to return back to Australia after COVID hit and he um he came to our, came down to our training and, and probably within the first week he had earned the respect of, of some of the, the older boys and yeah. it kind of just went from there and with confidence he just gets better and yeah we're, we're happy to have him yeah and two guys I really love on the bench as well that, that play. Uh, you know, some big minutes for you, and I've, I've been with you as well, Ben, for a while in your team as well. Is like Rob Kassir and, and Ryan Smith as well. And how do they, like, how do <coughs> they kind of like suit you as well? Like, they they kind of really play well with you. And, and I think uh, this year in particular, I think Robbie's really found his his perfect role. Yeah. Um, he kind of, you know, he's he's super talented junior, um, yep. and then struggled with injuries for a long period there. Um, but a great teammate. Um. And you know it was it was difficult seeing him struggle with those those injuries, and then I think he even retired once, and we, we gave him a bit of a send off, and he was back the next he's year. Um, <laughs> and he's retired three times, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but he uh, he he's really found yeah, a good role for us. Um, just that solid kind of Mister Fix It off the bench. Um, yeah, yeah. You know his ability to just read read players and, and know when to leave his guy and go for the steal is. I've, I've, Probably Damian Martin's the only other guy I've I've seen do it as well because, yeah. you know, I'll try it and you just misjudge it and you miss the ball <laughs> and your guy gets a backdoor layout. And he never gets burnt on, no. on when he decides to gamble and he's always gambling. Um, but <laughs> he yeah he's been great. And then um, yeah Smithers is is the same thing. Like um, could start on any team but just accepts it. He he's coming off the bench and literally you want him to shoot more than he does. He's too unselfish sometimes. Um, you know, he'll pump fake when he's open. Sometimes you just like, you know, shoot, shoot it because he shoots it at 50. He's, he's a 48% um, career three-point shooter. Yeah, just a ridiculous shooter. Um, 
and you know works hard during the week as well at his, at his job so he doesn't have a lot of time to get up shots it's just a crazy you know perfect stroke and um and a, another guy who's just loved in uh, amongst the boys as well so mm. yeah. yeah he's he's a ripper yeah he, he's as <laughs> he's as easy as the coach that that anyone has been and i mean that he just you just ask him to do something and and he would just go and do it doesn't yeah. ask doesn't ask why he understands why he's already done the analysis in his own head and I mean, I've been there six years. He's come off the bench all six years and never once moped, never yep. dropped his head. He's just, uh, if that's my role. And yeah. I think the credit to him is that we've had successful programs, so therefore he's been able to buy in. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're only as good as our depth takes us and as, yep. our, as our leaders take us, and, and he ticks both those boxes. Yeah. And uh, for the, some of the scorers for the Rocky and Flames, Tom Jervis, 17 points, 15 rebounds, a 10 Bior, 14.6 rebounds. Also, Ryan Godfrey, 17.5 rebounds. And, uh, you know, this is a you know a tough uh, Rocco team. It's two former Wildcats, or one still with the Wildcats, Tom Jervis and also Greg Heyer. And, uh, you know, you, you're kind of lucky you've got a, another big, big boy uh, with Andrew Ferguson on the other side. But, you know, what was kind of your look into the game of how to defend Tom Jervis and also, you know, Greg High, one of the best rebounders. We went in with a focus that they had to defend us. Yeah. Um, we, we tried to, to pick apart their defensive structures and see if we can get some early looks. And, and we knew that if we were successful to able, were successfully able to do that, then they would have to make the adjustment and, and then we could put our, our plan B in to, to try and attack that. And I think it, it really worked well, you know, particularly in the first half. And, and Fergie got off and we obviously wanted to try and drag Tom away from the, from the hoop where they're trying to prioritise him and... And Fergie goes off and hits four threes, four out of six in the first quarter and, yeah. and really makes them make that adjustment. And then once that happened, you know, guys like Benny and, and Robbie Kassir and, and Lewis were able to get in behind the seams and attack the hoop and it just opened up the game a little bit. And I mean, certainly scrappy, but, you know, you got to watch this space because Rockingham are a pretty good basketball team. And, mm. you know, I'd, I'd imagine they'll get three manager on the weekend and, and then they've got a, a good matchup that they probably back themselves in to, to get Lakeside. Mm. Uh, well, Rocco did struggle in the third quarter, and is there anything you guys changed uh, after that half? Well, not not particularly, but I mean, it's a it's interesting note that you know both teams no one scored for the first five minutes of that quarter. <laughs> like it was literally an arm wrestle that you know missed layups were going in. I think, I think the the saving grace for us is that we're playing pretty good defense and we're forcing them into some tough shots, and we're actually missing really easy looks ourselves. And yeah, yep. I think it was just a matter of, of just seeing a couple go down and, and a bit of momentum came our way and fortunate enough that's what happened and I think made it's, a run on. it's been the case with us a bit um, this year that with our depth, um, mm. it, it just there often will be a, a time that teams don't stay with us. Like yeah. I think we can kind of keep that that pressure on. We play pretty up-tempo and, and it yeah. is tough to play that. Like looking across all teams this weekend, a lot of their, they're playing six or seven guys only. They're playing 35, 36 minutes each. Mm. That's not the case for us, so we got to kind of really lean into that and um, try to kind of play as high tempo and as you know in your face pressure D as we can, and yeah. and hope that that gets the job done across four quarters. Like you might be able to stay a half, you might be able to stay three quarters, but yeah. we back ourselves you know across four quarters to to try and end up on top. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Rockingham, you know, to their credit, they hit big shots early and they were able to stay in that game with uh, you know really solid post play through Tom, and you know we we made just a couple of adjustments and. You know, I think it, it held us in good stead. So, you know, look, I think um, I think Patrick will have them fired up, ready to yeah. ready to bounce on. And yeah, yeah. I would, wouldn't They're surprise me. If they I think there's a good chance we'll, we might see him again. They beat us earlier in the year as well without Tom and without Greg. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. 
we'll uh, we'll go to the semi-final games, and uh, these are the the games that are going to be huge this weekend. Rockingham Flames uh, taking on the Mandra Magic at Mike Barnett Sports Complex, and uh, you guys both think that uh, the Rocco, the Flames will get over the Mandra Magic. Yeah, look, I think Flames are a big team. Uh, but then you got to look on the other side of the the court, and you got Brian Carwell, who's, who's yep, yep. you know reemerged as a as a key player on there on that program, and you know now Tom Jervis has another big body two weeks in a row that yep. he has to battle against, and you know are they are they able to make the contribute like the the adjustments that they didn't last week? You know Justin Beard was very quiet. He's he's certainly very dangerous, and mm. and Shaq Riak is uh, another yep. guy <laughs> who can really uh, put the ball in the hoop. Who had a pretty quiet game, so. They'll back them to, to contribute, but I mean, I'm I'm back in Rockingham to get the job done on that yeah. one. Yeah, I I would say that too. Um, yeah. I think Mandra, um, they you know if they shoot well, they've they've got the ability to, to cause an upset. Yeah. But I just think um, yeah, across the board, I think Rockingham are probably yeah. got the advantage at most of those matchups. Yeah, that's at Mike Barnett Stadium. They'll have the fireworks every time someone hits a yeah, shot. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, also for Mandra, no, no Ben Smith, but they have had him out for a while. But Ben Smith would be great in this game uh, with, the, with the size of Rocco as well. Well, Ben Smith, uh, yeah, he was he was huge for them early. I mean, yeah. I know they didn't have the wins that they got when Scott Machado was around, but if you put Scott and Ben together, I think they would have uh, they probably would have pushed up even higher yeah. and, and been a much tougher. He broke a leg or foot or something, yeah. Right. It's yeah. Yeah. Been a bit unlucky with injuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a good player. Yeah. yeah, he's probably he probably had NBL potential there if he. If he didn't almost crack it, yeah, uh, he certainly would have been on the path if he was able to stay healthy. And then uh, the next game, the Willerton Tigers host the Perth Redbacks at Willerton Basketball Stadium. And is it going to be a good one? Um, I'm going to go for the Perth Redbacks. Ooh, Jake. Yeah, look well. If they put up 111 points, they will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a team that averages 33% shooting threes on the season – you're going in having a 48%. Is it, is it one off the cuff? We've seen them have some big games this year. We saw them go up to, uh, in fact, twice go to Junilup and knock them off yeah. with really high percentage shooting games. So we know, you know Willerton will know what they want to try and do and they'll try and make the adjustments to, to make that as difficult as possible. But you know, I think Willerton, in Willerton, will get that one done. Yeah, yeah Willerton have surprised me all season. Like, um, if you look at them on paper at the start of the year, I didn't, didn't expect them to as well they had and... Um, they've just always even this last this last game against Lakeside. I, I thought they did a hell of a job to stay in that. Um, I think Wagner being back is is big for the Redbacks. I think he just he gives them that structure and, mm. and that kind of experienced head that I think um, is what they probably need. And um, I think based on their form from last week, I might go with the Redbacks. But it's a bit of a coin toss for me. Looking forward to that game. Triple overtime. Let's hope they beat yeah. the crap out of each yeah. other. So the winner of the Perth Willerton Perth Willerton game will be versus you guys, and that'll be at uh, at, at Bender. Yep, I tip uh, I tip Hawks to win that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, it'll be either Rocco or Mandra facing the Lakeside Lightning. Um, if it's Rocco, I'm still going to go Lakeside. Yeah, they they seem to win on that home court. It's a hard place yeah. to get to get the win, as we talked about before, but. Um, yeah, I think they've got a couple of losses and, and I think a couple of losses of personnel, should I say, and yeah. it might be just a little bit too much to overcome. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Rockingham. Yep. Oh assuming Rockingham get through. Um I think it would depend if Prue plays. I think if, if Prue's playing, I think Lakeside will be tough to beat at home, um, with their system and you know, the way they they're constantly moving, driving kick. I think um that's not gonna suit some of the guys from Rockingham. But um 
if Prue doesn't play, I'd, I'd back uh, Rocky on. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Mandra, who may well surprise us all. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have all the updates for next week and also the uh, it's going to be the grand final show. Grand final show is going to be huge. Massive. You got some good guests coming in for that one? Yeah. Or all of the guests from I that season? I think we have a lot. And Paso, we might have to put you on the roster. I might be busy, mate. But if you are busy, that's why we haven't got you on the, the roster. Grand yet, final parade. I know you're going to be in the grand final. That's why I said no no Matt Parson that week. He's got to focus. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, funny kid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to go uh, talk more to Ben Person. And, uh, I thought, Parso, you should uh, ask some questions. The band is, you kind of know him better than I do. and Yeah, I do. I, I think uh, a couple of questions I wanted to know, Benny, and, and I'll probably have the, the luxury of knowing the answers to some of these, but I think the general public would probably like to know some of the answers. So you had a period of time with the Perth Wildcats. Um, obviously, we, yeah. you know, we're quite happy, really proud of Ben and his efforts for his NBL, but uh, a couple yep. of weeks ago we had a, a crazy jersey night and uh, he yep. turned up in a, correct me if I'm wrong, Shanghai Sharks. Yeah. Full rip-off warm-up kit. Like, I'm talking hoodie, like the top, the rip-off pants. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't, I don't, how'd you get that, Benny? And this was a bit of an untold story for me, but uh, would you like to explain that one a little bit? Yeah, we uh, we had a couple of um, pre-season tournaments in Broome. Um, I think they had some deal with um, a bunch of those teams in the in the. Chinese league to, to come down as a bit of a tourism slash I think maybe Vlahov was involved in it from the yep. Wildcats side so there yep. was a couple of Chinese teams in the Wildcats and they played on like an outdoor court on Cable Beach which in theory was fantastic but great, um, great setting first uh, first year they had it at night and the court was so dewy it was like an ice ring you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> play um, so they quickly rescheduled during the day which was about 35 degree heat degrees, so yeah. it didn't quite work out from that perspective but um yeah, Shanghai Sharks were there with uh, with Big Yao Ming. He was there. And um, for for whatever reason, I think they didn't have enough players and we had a squad of about 15. So they took a couple of us on their team to play <laughs> that game and uh, gave us the full full kit, which was about 4XL four, four or something. Much too big for me. <laughs> it was um, like pajamas. But I've always it? kept it for a bit of a, a dress-up occasion. But um, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. It was Literally like a perfect place to play basketball. It was just a shame about the uh, the dew on the court. <laughs> Man, it would have been a spectacle. Well. I mean, I remember they doing it. The photos that came or came away from even yeah. the night game was was sensational. Yeah, but it was yeah, awesome. The underlining story was that they didn't even play it. So, <laughs> yeah, crazy. So another one, Benny. Uh, how close were you to going AFL? <clears throat> um, had a bit of a look at it uh, when I'd come back from college, and then didn't get the a contract with the Wildcats and. Um, Got hit up by I think it's Craig Vozzo, who's now pretty high up manager. Yeah, yeah, and um, did some physical testing and stuff, and they offered me like a, a rookie listed position for like alternate sport, yep. which they've got still. Category um, B. But uh, I yeah, basketball's always been my passion, and I was you know down the path with um, career as well, um, and I just. I just think people underestimate how hard it is to actually crack that unless you're actually passionate about that. Yeah. Um, it's It would have just been a year or two of me trying to grind away. And um, and even as a cat B, you're a long way behind really when you get yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, no yeah, no guarantees that you'd, you'd get there. And um, yeah, just didn't have the passion for it in the end. Um, I love footy growing up, but um, yeah, the, the kind of more senior it got, the, the more I transitioned towards basketball, I think. So another, another question for you, Benny, is uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> you, you'd never, you always amaze me with your sense of humor, right? So, you know, 
if if people saw you on the side, they'd see that this guy means business. He he plays basketball yeah. very very hard, but he has this little uh, little soft side of himself. And we've been fortunate at Hawks to see it a couple of times. We've we've had a few COVID videos where Ben's been able to go in there and uh, add a little bit of humour to to some serious messages. And <laughs> and we've seen uh, we've seen you appear on a couple of your good mate Josh Gallops famous videos yeah. that are getting around <laughs> at the moment. And a obviously. <laughs> I know how you got into it, but tell the listeners and B, do you enjoy doing that? Because I think yeah. that fits your personality perfectly. Uh, yes, I do. Um, obviously, Josh and I go way back. We actually met each other through the Hawks. Um, and yeah, I've followed his budding uh, media career as well and into meme stardom. And um, yeah, I've uh, obviously been in the mix while he's been pitching ideas and, and stuff for, for some of these videos. And yeah, I think I had over Christmas break a bit of spare time and <laughs> just kind of basically has a group of mates that he hits up and said you got a minute you want to star on one of these and like yeah sure always good fun um, I actually pitched him a um, a Love Actually one which is <laughs> my passion Ro- project Ro- Roco Rom- <coughs> it was yeah the, the rom-com, um, rom-com and I, I think I wrote like a, a 10 page script and kind of <laughs> laid it out and he's like mate that'll take like 20 minutes to <laughs> That's not going to do. That's not going to do the job. I think he actually was afraid to tell me. We filmed like two of the scenes and um, kind of got the picture that it was going to be like more of a mini movie than an actual one minute um, Instagram clip. So yeah, that uh, that was all right. And um, yeah, he's doing super well. And um, yeah, it's good fun. But um, yeah, just trying to stay uh, stay fresh, stay, stay relevant. Fresh. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. To yeah. be fair, they are pretty good. Um, and finally, Benny, I. Obviously, you've had a couple of beers during this podcast. There's a piece of paper <laughs> in front of you, a four-year deal. Four-year deal. Will you take a four-year? Oh, mate. Because uh, I'll stay as long as you do. <laughs> well, I'm staying as long as, as Smith does. So, so we need to work a, on him then. All three of us on a on a four-year gig. Yeah. Um, maybe we can have rolling one-year options <laughs> every year. Get kind paid of, by a mem. Yeah, kind of like what they gave Michael, Michael Jordan in the last few years. They've just given him one year. Okay. On your deals, was that when you was with Charlotte Hornets? No, 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 with um, his last dance stuff. Yeah, with the Bulls. Yeah, mm. they've only given one year contracts and stuff. Yeah, but that one year contract was worth two hundred and eighty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, four any other way. Yeah, but uh, well, that's my grilling, Ben. Well answered. Yeah, that was good. Good yeah. questions, Passo. You got a bit of a talent for this. His, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll better watch out, mate. I'll be here next Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Went to Passo's fortieth uh, uh, last weekend and gave him a little moment to have a speech. He just wouldn't shut up. He just kept going. <laughs> and going. You always start off with that. I won't take long. <laughs> yeah. By the time we get to the end of it, I still didn't thank anyone. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no one to thank. Oh. It's all good. I gave goosebumps. I would have had goosebumps on people though. Yeah, definitely. Heart and balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Benny, uh, I just want to ask. Uh, this year, you you kind of broke the record for uh, the Hawks as the most games played in the in the in the, in the club, three hundred and thirty seven games. And as you mentioned, you've been a, a hawk. Can we call it? So can we say hawkhead? What do we say? We can hawky. Hawky. Well, you've been sorry. You've been a hawky for you know, as you mentioned since you were a kid, and yep. that must be a huge like accomplishment for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, of all the milestones, I think this one actually meant the most to me. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, two, three hundred, like they just kind of roll around. But um, it was nice to know that you know, all the years you put in, and you look back at it, you you've played more games than anyone else. You've kind of had more experience than anyone else. And you know, as a kid going into that kind of winning environment, um, off the back of that era of Hawks, it was kind of like never, you know, it was always something that you want to do, but never thought was probably in your realm of kind of capabilities and then you just stick around long enough and suddenly 
you're the 30 year old bloke at the club with the with the 21 yeah. year old kids who's um time just gets away from you mate yeah yeah 30's still very young like 34 is probably the age that you should <laughs> think about retiring yeah so it's going to be tough for someone to break that record uh, uh yeah well now less games as well per year yeah um yeah, no playoff games, yeah. Uh, if someone sticks around, they probably will. Maybe yeah. Mitchy or AJ or someone, they've got a chance. But um, yeah, yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, no, it was it, it was nice. And um, it, it lasted for about four weeks because I think it was split over the COVID um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. round that we lost. And then we had a, an away game, so then we had a home game. So it was, yeah, it literally went for about a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, you know, you've you've already been an SBL champion, one in 2018. You were the... the um, you were the MVP as well, and uh, how was that to bring a championship to to, per, to Perry Lakes? As you know, many many you know, you guys have won many championships. But yeah, how was that for you also to bring a championship? Oh, that was huge. I think um, I think it would have been a bit unfulfilling if you play all that time and you don't get one. Yeah, um, yeah. it's kind of like yeah, now monkeys off. You just kind of I, mean, I always enjoy it, but um, yeah. it's been a bit different um since then. I think um, I had lost two previously, uh, two thousand nine and two thousand eleven. Mm. Um, and then we've never really been the favorite. I think this year is probably the first year we've yeah we've actually been one of the favorites. Like in, in 2018, we we had a good end of year. We've won quite a few in a row, but then lost Jake and yeah, it was just couldn't have kind of scripted it better. Really, um, yeah. yeah, it was it was great. It was a good year. The West Coast won the premiership that year too. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot going on in 2018. It was yeah. a good year. Yep, it's a good year. How would it feel for both of you guys to be the first? Uh, inaugural NBL One West champs. I think that has to be like a huge. Like for me, that would be huge if you'd just be the inaugural champs. But you know, you guys are actually like on the cusp of it. You guys are favourites. How does it feel? Oh, look, I think um, it it's it's our goal. Yeah, like we we've talked about it for for the last couple of years. We said we sat down at the end of two thousand and nineteen, Benny and I, and we went through a review process with the group and. You know, we had a look at what we wanted to do and we, we made a decision that we needed to, to change and, and try and revigorate the group that we had. We had a lot of our senior guys retire after that and a lot of young guys coming through. So we, we kind of reset, yeah. hit the reset button and, and set ourselves for, for, for this season or, yeah. you know, to be the, you know, the inaugural champ. So it's certainly, you know, no secret that we want that title and we've put ourselves in a position to, uh, to certainly attack it. But, uh, look, I think, you know, with with a guy like John Gardner and, and the record yeah. that he's had, you know, certainly in the SBL and, and the fact that Perry Lakes have been the most successful SBL club, I think it, it would be a, a great a great contribution from us to, to be the first NBL one yeah. champions and, and, and set the club off in the right record in, in the new version of, of this league and yeah. I'd I'd love to be able to do that and put another uh, flag on the wall. I yeah. think I think this would be um if we're lucky enough to, to, to win two more games, I think this will be my f- the favourite of the lot, I think. Yeah. And especially this year it must mean a lot as well because we've had the uh, the actual NBL one West kind of uh, Hall of Fame go up for basketball WA as well, and one person as you mentioned, John Gardner is in there. Is and that I think that would be really special as well. The year that he was, you know, in the Hall of Fame, and you guys winning on the court, uh, the John Gardner Show Court as well, uh, which is your home floor. Is and it's always the uh, uh, this SBL MBL One West uh, Grand Final game, but you know that's your home floor, and for you guys to win one would be, I'd say, amazing. And um, I feel it now. Like imagine that. Like especially. Um, you know, John Gardner's in, in the Hall of Fame now, which deserved it. You know, I, I didn't get to really watch John Gardner. I was a bit too young, but um, 
and I've heard about and and especially at the awards night they had a great um you know award for him and 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 his wife and his family so um no I think it'd be great for you guys and I definitely think you guys are gonna put put another flag up there and I actually really hope hope so actually yeah, so so do we so thank thanks for your yeah. support Jakey and <laughs> yeah John's got a an amazing legacy at that yeah. club and it's certainly a, a legacy that you feel like it's you know obviously. We we train on court one and we look up and see his name and yep. you know and there's the always banners. the memories of, of yep. his success and yep. I mean uh, I was you know don't even hold hold a flame to what he's done but yeah. for for us for Ben and I to be able to say that we've put a, a flag up on that on that same set of uh, collections that he's put up there I mean that's enough pride in that but um yeah we're we're trying to to build legacy and I think it's lifelong it's you know the little things that are important that that make the game enjoyable, and it's 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 going to Ben's engagement party and and celebrating with him and his fiance Sarah and, and yeah and being part of their community and life as yeah. as well as having both of them at, at my fortieth. They're the things that you really value. That's yes. the things that you remember. And yeah. if you can come together and and look at the flag on the wall at the end of it, then then you know that just gives you another reason to yeah to celebrate and have a few beers. But it's it's the little things along the way yeah. and the growth that people have and. I mean, I'm I'm still relatively young enough that I'm I'm making my own growth, and, and Ben would have seen a lot of growth in me, and, and yeah. I've seen a lot of growth in him. And mm. you know, when you go through those journeys together, it just makes it more worthwhile. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, boys, we're going to have to finish. Uh, had a long show, but it's I don't. Twelve thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had a long show, but I think that makes it a good show. I think the more we can talk, the more we can have a laugh and have some banter. And uh, but really appreciate you, Ben, for coming in. Um, and and I know you had to drive a bit a bit far to get here, but. Really appreciate your time and uh, wish, wish the luck. Oh, <laughs> I wish you luck uh, in in the rest of the season and also in your career as well. And I'd love to see some more banners and some more rings on your fingers as well. Thanks, appreciate it. I'll just um, <laughs> head home, start Survivor at uh, midnight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a big game. No spoilers. Big game for you guys on Saturday. Um, good luck for that one. Thank you um, very much, and to you and Blake as well. I know Blake would have been here, but uh, he's he's scouting he's, he's like he should scared, be. But actually. um, he, he didn't scared. want me to tell you he's a bit scared. There's, there's, a lot of people, there's a lot of people who are scared. <laughs> Long story. Blake, Blake already had a black eye, but he oh, told everyone I'd give it to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, we you know, we we're behind you. Ben and I are big fans of uh of the Eastworth women in this yeah. playoff run thank and you. hopefully you guys can bounce back and yeah. and turn the tide, mate. Yeah. Well uh thank you as well, Matt, uh my co host for tonight, my special guest co host and uh yeah, really appreciate you coming in and, and uh you know, always supporting. You're one guy I never even met you and you were always supporting the show and always liking and, and sharing stuff as well. So I uh, have a lot of time for you and I, I look up to you as well as as someone that uh, as a positive role model for coaching. So I'm always trying to look at um building relationships with people that I wouldn't normally would hang around with or talk to. But yeah, I really enjoy watching you guys do well and um really appreciate all your time for helping me out with the show as well so yeah no worries mate happy to have a coffee with you anytime <laughs> yes definitely um well that's it for fast break um this week but uh you know check it out uh, on our socials as well uh, at our instagram fast break radio and also facebook and then also check out edge entertainment australia uh, all the shows they have on on on, on show and, and all everything you listen to uh, there's some great other shows Uh, so check out on their socials as well facebook and instagram Uh, but that's it for us uh, here at fast break Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week for our grand final show that's gonna be a big one so stay tuned for that Uh, we'll see you guys soon